Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. The following is a presentation of MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR 2000. Who will race in the Daytona 500 will be determined today in the Gatorade 125s, a pair of qualifying races that are annually one of the highlights of Speed Weeks. 28 drivers will start each race, but only the top 14 finishers guaranteed a spot in the 500 field. The rest have to hope their time trial speed from Saturday or last year's point standings get them in. Second-year driver Elliot Sadler, who starts 23rd in one of today's events, knows his best and perhaps only chance to get into the 500 is to race his way in today. We definitely know that we can't make it on our time that we uh, ran last Saturday, but uh, starting that fall back, I'm scared that, you know, some of us are going to try to get three and four wide and let the pack get away from you, and that's definitely been going through my mind as I've been trying to go to bed lately here the last two nights. It's an all-or-nothing day as Speed Weeks 2000 continues from the Daytona International Speedway with the Gatorade 125s next. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. A day of intense drama and emotional stress for drivers of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series is here as a 50-lap, 125-mile race will determine if they'll be in the field for Sunday's running of the Daytona 500. Hello and welcome to Motor Racing Network's live coverage of the 42nd annual Gatorade 125. Alan Bestwick here along with Barney Hall on a beautiful day at the World Center of Racing. And Barney, for the only time this season, drivers run what is basically a heat race, but a pretty high-stakes heat race. Heat is the word because the heat is on so many yeah. guys in the field today, Alan. As we pointed out when we first came on the air there, it is a, an all-or-nothing effort for a lot of the drivers that are in both of the Gatorade 125s this afternoon. To finish in the top 15, that first race, just to look at it, you're talking about a loaded one with talent. Good Lord, can you believe how many guys are in that thing that have won... I don't. Uh, Bob Lafford had a statistic in the paper the other day about how many victories among just the guys that are in that first race. It was phenomenal. It was uh, something like 400 wins yep. and uh, 12 or 15 championships just uh, among the drivers in the first race. And the second race is no slouch either. So we've got a couple of pretty pretty highly competitive events here for this afternoon. Now, before we get too far in, let's quickly review the system for setting the field for the Daytona 500 in order to explain why some are in more dire straits than others today. Last Saturday, all 57 drivers entered in the 500, ran a Bud Pole time trial, two laps on the clock, and the top two fastest laps, Dale Jarrett and Ricky Rudd, they're locked into the front row for the Daytona 500 no matter what happens today. The rest of the times were used to determine the starting lineups for today's Gatorade 125s. The top 14 finishers in each of the two races today, excluding Jarrett and Rudd, will assume positions 3 through 30. 
in the 500 field on Sunday. The finishers in the first race getting the inside row and in the second race getting the outside row. Then we go back to the time trial speed sheet. Positions 31 through 36 in the 500 field will be given out to the fastest six drivers who have not qualified for the race yet by another means. Then... Everybody else that's left, we go back to fill the provisional starting spots based on last year's final owner point standings. So, if you didn't have a good time trial Saturday and you weren't among the top, let's say, 15 in last year's final owner point standings, you are nervous today and needing to be one of those 14 transfers from your Gatorade 125. You don't have much of a safety net, and that's going to make guys uh, that might fall back a little bit in the field do some things that they might not ordinarily do in a race. The bottom line is... I'm looking forward to dropping that green here in a very short while. Absolutely magnificent. February day, not a cloud in the sky. Temperature forecast to get up near 80 degrees today. Wish you were here? Well, we do too. and We're going to enjoy bringing you the Gatorade 125s that begin very shortly. Before we get started on this year's race, let's take a minute to reflect back on last year's races here. Somewhat of a cooler day at Daytona when the green flag waved uh, 365 days ago. And we didn't even have half a lap completed yet when things got ugly and some drivers' chances to get into the 500 went away. Mark Martin digs down to the inside of the racetrack. He'll hook up with Jeff Gordon. They'll both fly by Ken Schrader. Schrader trapped on the outside line, but now gaining some speed. One car breaks loose. It is Kenny Wallace to the inside of the track. He collects John Andretti. Another car hit. It is Dan Partis and Jeff Green all involved in a first lap crash in turn one. Partis and Green unable to make the Daytona 500 field after being collected in that lap one crash. Bobby Labonte went in, went on to win the first of the 125s a year ago. Another big defensive move for Bobby Labonte. Moves it over to the inside of the racetrack. Gordon can do nothing with him there. Schrader looks to the outside now. Schrader feels a challenge for third. Final sprint down to the start finish line. Bobby Labonte will not feel a challenge from Jeff Gordon. Bobby Labonte wins the first of the two Gatorade 125s. Half a car length over Jeff Gordon in race number two last year. Well, it was pretty much the same story it has been all throughout the 1990s. Dale Earnhardt went to victory lane. Earnhardt's going to pull away because it's two by two for second. Mayfield with help from Wallace drawing to the inside of Dale Jarrett. As they go double wide for second, Dale Earnhardt comes to the stripe. For a tenth year in a row, he wins his Gatorade 125. I think you ought to name this race the Dale Earnhardt Memorial. I'll tell you, ten straight, but was it as easy as it looked out there? Well, it wasn't, and uh, to do it all in the 90s here, it really makes you proud to be able to come back and win a race like this. Our flashback to the 1999 running of the Gatorade 125s, bringing you up to speed as we get ready for this year's races. That brought to you by Parts Plus, the best auto parts you can buy on and off the track. Remember to see your local Parts Plus store for NASCAR officially licensed auto parts. It's unreal, the crowd that is pouring in here today. It almost looked like a Sunday afternoon for the Daytona 500. They're, they have come to know over the years, Alan, I guess, that these 125s are some of the most exciting races we see in speed weeks. Now, not only do these guys want to win these things, they also use it as kind of a proving ground today. The guys that have a parachute, so to speak, or a, maybe a cushion, so to speak, know they're going to be in the 500, might be trying something a little different in their car to find out what it will do come Sunday. And Dale Jarrett would certainly fit that category. He is guaranteed to start on the pole for the four. 42nd Daytona 500 Sunday by virtue of his qualifying lap last Saturday. So this race today, you might think more to lose than to gain for Jarrett. Let's get his thoughts. Our Jim Phillips of Newport, Tennessee is with DJ down on the grid. And uh, he's going to come out right here and talk to us. He's uh, getting ready to get changed. You've dominated so far. Is that good to put, maybe put a little extra in the minds of your competitors? Or is that uh, something you didn't want, actually want to do? 
no, they don't need any extra incentive for sure. Uh, especially you got a guy in my race today that's won 10 straight of these things. Uh, but uh, I think there's a lot of people that have caught up. Uh, they feel very confident that in the draft that uh, they're as good as we are, and I think they're exactly right. Uh, we've got a good race car, but uh, when you get you know cars lined up and, and people working together, uh, you can make a, a pass on a, a good car. So I think they're all playing possum and talking about how good we are, and we are good, but there's a lot of good cars here. Okay, you were really great at 25 laps runs how about at 50 laps yeah that's what we need to know today is uh is our car going to stay under us for that long as the the tires get a lot of heat in them the pressures get built up and uh you get fuel out of it what's going to happen uh uh, we think that that we know that Uh, we tried to run some with low fuel and and a lot of laps on the tires but you still can't simulate what happens in this race so i think we're going to be pretty good but handling's what it's all about even in a 125 mile lap race today uh that's what it's about the guy that can stay in the gas uh, all day long is going to be the one to beat and he's certainly going to be one of them. Dale Jarrett, the Bud Pole winner at 191.01 miles per hour. And his competition, so to speak, just on the outside of the front row today is going to be Bill Elliott. Elliott had a great qualifying run, third fastest overall here on Saturday. He will start second in this first race. There appears to be a new enthusiasm throughout Bill Elliott's whole team this year. Bill's had some great success over the years in the Gatorade 125s. Three times he's won, but is he even thinking about winning today or maybe something else? Winston Kelly is with him. Well, Barney, talking about that enthusiasm, the team just breaking up from a final team meeting. They do have a lot of additional bounce in their step. And Elliott up toward the back of the hauler, so we should get a comment from him in just a moment. Bill Elliott with a new team management situation for this season. He's got three gentlemen who are sharing the duties of orchestrating the team instead of just one crew chief calling the shots. And a new addition to the engine room, Ernie Elliott obviously still heading the operation for Elliott's team. But Tony Santanicola, who has built engines for Cale Yarbrough Motorsports for a number of years and engines that are, I guess you could say, legendary at these Daytona and Talladega races, he is now with Elliott and Ernie Elliott's operation specifically and has added a new uh, little oomph under the hood for Elliott and the McDonald's car. Well, as I said, I I think there is a new enthusiasm, kind of a different outlook, maybe a whole different perspective on what that team can do this year. And Bill Elliott's fired up to win some races, and we'll get a word from him here in just a moment. Let's move on to hear from Mark Martin now. His worst finish in his 125-mile qualifying race the last six years is an eighth-place run. So you could figure Mark's going to be one of the favorites to win today. He starts in the third position. Charlotte, North Carolina's Marty Snyder is with Mark Martin. And he certainly should be one of the contenders, but he only got to run 10 laps in last Sunday's Bud Shootout. So do you kind of see today as more of a practice than anything? No, not really. I look at it as a qualifying race. Uh, Here today we've got a lot to lose and not a whole lot to gain. So we're going to have to go out there and try to be smart and try to be lucky and uh, you know, and, and uh, look towards Sunday's race. Many have expressed concern over the unpredictability, let's say, of their race cars. Were you able to get your car more comfortable the longer you ran, the longer you practiced this week? My car is uh, handling well, and the team has done a great job uh, working with me on it, and I'm uh, satisfied with the way the car drives and handles. Uh, you know, I'm more concerned about... Uh, you know, what the other people do out there than, you know, than, than mine. I just, uh, you know, we've, we've got a pretty fast car, uh, a good uh, qualifying time, and, uh, you know, we don't want to see something go uh, bad today that will uh, have an effect on how we do, you know, wind up doing Sunday. And even though he always runs well in this race, he has never won a Twin 125. That might just change today. Mark Martin will start third in race number one. We'll hear from Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt, and more when we come back as we continue to count down to the start of today's Gatorade 125s. 
The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Getting ready to set the starting field for the Daytona 500 in today's Gatorade 125s. Live from Daytona International Speedway, Motor Racing Network, ready to bring you live coverage. Let's go back to Winston Kelly in the garage. Well, Alan, we were talking about Bill Elliott's run today. He's won these things three different times. The car's been fast since you unloaded it off of the truck. But do you go out with the intention of winning today or just learning what you can? I think the main key today, if you can't win, you need to learn what you can because to, today needs to be a tune-up of what you need to do for the 500. And I think for me, from the standpoint of getting the car handling, getting the car where you need to be, is, is get through today, try not to take the chances that will get you in a bad situation, but still, you know, try to run hard, you know, try to get as much out of it as you possibly can and then see where you end up at the end of the day. You've always been one of the best at chassis. With the changes this year, how you, do you feel about them? More comfortable with the car? What do you think? Well, I still... <laughs> We left practice uh, late yesterday afternoon, and I still feel like I need a car a little bit better, and that's what concerns me a little bit starting the 125s, that I'm not exactly where I need to be, but, you know, we'll start here and just kind of adjust from there. He starts second. He was second quickest in that last practice. That's Bill Elliott and the McDonald's Ford. Got some good strong speeds and also a good starting spot in the Gatorade 125s this afternoon. Rusty Wallace will start fourth in today's race. This is another driver who's been very strong right off the truck from the time they came down here. Good strong practice speeds, qualified well, seventh overall. Rusty's run 18 of the Gatorade qualifying races. He's never won one. What about today, Jim Phillips? Let's find out. Rusty Wallace, you're starting fourth in this first qualifier. A lot of competition in it. Can your car win it? I think my car can win it. we got a great car. Uh, no concerns right yet. Uh, we're thinking about the shocks and the car as far as handling. Late in the race, we're concerned that maybe we might get a little bit of a push. But other than that, uh, I feel rock solid right now. We've got, got good horsepower. The car's been strong all week long. I don't have any reason to believe we can't get the job done. In the 25-lap sprint, you developed a push. Uh, uh, would you have to make a lot of drastic change or just tiny changes to try to correct that? We made some pretty big pushes to set up the uh, adjustments. I mean, the setup we normally run here uh, just wouldn't work at all with this new shock rule. So we had to go back a couple of years, look, dig deep in some notes and make some changes. Myself and Jeremy did a lot of work together. And both cars got almost identical setups right now, if not identical. So uh, it's going to be a, a wait-and-see game as far as the setup. But we're the best we've been all week long right now with the setup. I feel comfortable. In the 120, in, in the bud shootout, the car was real, real tight. And, yeah, I've stiffened up the rear springs, changed the track bar, changed the front sway bar. A lot of things that affect the handling. So he's got to be uh, looking for a win today in the first Gatorade 125 qualifying race. 
Lined up behind Rusty Wallace in fifth position today is Scott Pruitt, the 39-year-old former kart champ car racer from Sacramento, California. Scott making his inaugural racing venture in the NASCAR Winston Cup Series with this 125-mile qualifier. And yet he is not a true rookie in the sense here at Daytona. He has scored an IROC win here on the Oval back in 1991 in a stock car, as the IROC machines are. And let's get Scott's thoughts now as he gets set to taste Winston Cup competition for the first time. We go back to Winston Kelly. Well, A.B., I'm 0 for 2 today. He's already left the garage area, headed out toward the <laughs> starting grid. So we'll get a thought from Scott Pro in just a moment. Drivers scrambling all over pit road in the garage. We'll catch up with the, most of them, hopefully, before they drop the green. Ken Schrader will start from sixth position today. This will be Schrader's 16th Gatorade 125. He's won two of those before in 87 and 1989. In a race that's loaded with top cars and drivers, what can Kenny do today? Let's find out. Marty Snyder should be with him. Well, Kenny Schrader indeed standing by his race car, and we've seen some exciting practices today, maybe some, or this week rather, some dicey practices. Is that a prelude to what we'll see today in this uh, Gatorade 2125? No, it doesn't usually get any better, you know, come Thursday. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be uh, fairly tense, especially, you know, the first ten laps and the last five or something like that. But, uh, you know, it's a big day. These are important races. You have won tw- two of these twin 125s. How much does it help a race team to win one of these races? Well, it, it's it's a good uh, good boost for a team, you know. Uh, first off, they got these races uh, where they pay pretty good now. It gets you that good starting spot where you don't have to worry too much about one of those first or second lap deals uh, happening in the 500. And it's just a big morale boost. And he was taken out early last year in these Gatorade twin 125s, hoping not to have that happen today. Kenny Schrader will start six today in race number one. We're a few minutes away still from the command to fire engines. We return trackside to hear from some more of the drivers in today's race. Once again, returning to Winston Kelly. Well, with Scott Pruitt and Scott, there's a lot of folks that would be surprised at how good this team has run straight out of the box, ninth quick overall. What about you guys? Did you expect to run this good this soon? Well, we were doing our homework. It is it is a little bit of a surprise. You know, the Tide team's been doing doing a good job. We came down here and uh, we got greedy. We were a little unfortunate that we didn't qualify better than we did. The car was quick the whole time. We were top top two, top three in, in all the practices. But now it's uh, now it's time to go racing. We're um, anxious to get the tide out, car out there and see how it does in, um, in the first 125. And, and i got to learn. A lot of rookies come out here, and they can't get people to draft with them. You're no stranger to Daytona or Talladega. Has that made a difference in guys wanting to go with you in the draft? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. Um, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can tell you, yeah, exactly. But I think, you know, just the, the fact I've been out here racing with these guys, I think that, that they know I'm not going to do anything stupid or crazy, you know, take a chance on taking them out. So I'm not saying that they're going to be working right there with me, but I think that if there is somebody to go with, they may not hesitate to go. And if he does make it a victory lane today or Sunday, it won't be his first time at Daytona. He did that a few years ago in an IROC car. That's Scott Pruitt. He'll roll off fifth in this first Gatorade 125. Tell you what, a lot of the rookies that are here have been very impressive thus far. Stacy Compton is another one. This rookie will start seventh today. He's done well so far in the Melling car. Solid practice, good qualifying runs. But there's got to be a ton of pressure to be a rookie driver starting in today's race. Jim Phillips? We'll visit with him right now. Stacy Compton, what are you looking for in this first uh, 125 qualifying race? Well, as you and I talked earlier, we need some experience. And uh, we've got a good enough time that we're pretty much guaranteed to be in the show. And uh, we've got a good group of cars out here to race with. So we're going to go out there today and try to get some experience and uh, hopefully get ready for Sunday so we can run 500 miles on Sunday. Did you have enough practice where you could kind of 
feather things out for, say, a 50-lap run and get into to perspective what today's race is going to be about? I think so. I mean, the Kodiak Melon Taurus has been good since we got here. We're not, we're not drafting quite as good as we need to just yet. Uh, the shock rule has got everybody searching a little bit right now, and, and we're no different. We're searching a little bit. So hopefully by the end of the race we'll have a good handle of what we need to do for the, for the 500. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like there's going to be some caution so we can come in and make some adjustments throughout the race and, and put us in a good position for tomorrow and work on a little bit tomorrow and then get ready for happy hour and then Sunday as well. Not as much pressure as a lot of guys, but still lots of pressure to bring this primary car home safely in this Gatorade 125-miler. Another consideration to be taken into account for today. If you have a problem and bend up your car to run on the 500, there is not a whole lot of track time in which to get a backup machine prepared and up to speed. Uh, And that is provided, of course, you make the field if you have an accident during today's race. Well, nobody has been more dominant in the Gatorade 125s than Dale Earnhardt. He has won a dozen of them over the years years that is the all-time leading winner in this event and certainly the 1990s this day has belonged to Earnhardt the last time he lost a Caterade 125 was 1989 and that is just a record of accomplishment that is unbelievable as competitive as NASCAR Winston Cup Series racing is. Starts a little farther back than normal in today's race. He's in the ninth position on the grid. Marty Snyder has been in the hunt for Dale Earnhardt down there in the mass of people making their way out onto the grid. Let's see if he's caught up with him now. Well, I'm still hunting, Alan. And uh, so far, Richard Childers uh, said he's MIA as far as he knows. He has not shown up at the race car yet. So we'll wait for Dale Earnhardt, and when we uh, get him, we'll let you know. Well, hopefully he will show up on pit road here very shortly. Tony Stewart will start eighth, coming off an unbelievable season last year. Everyone will be watching last year's Rookie of the Year winner to see if the magic is still there. Let's see if Winston Kelly has caught up with him. No, no sense in breaking the string. Going back to the garage area, Tony Stewart has not made it out, uh, so we'll get a comment from him in just a moment. Pre-race for today's events, not quite as structured as pre-race it normally is on a given Sunday in the NASCAR Winston Cup Series, and so our poor pit reporters have got their track shoes on, running back and forth from where some of the drivers are at their cars on pit road back into the garage where some of the drivers that we'd like to talk to are still uh, ensconced in their haulers. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Back at the Daytona International Speedway, getting ready to start today's Gatorade 125s and determine who will be in the field for the 42nd running of the Daytona 500 on Sunday. Tony Stewart won two of the last three races of the 99 season, starts his 2000 campaign with an eighth-place spot in his Gatorade 125. Let's go to Winston Kelly. Well, with Tony Stewart, Tony was on the outside of the front row of the first Daytona 500. How's this car in comparison to what you had here last year? Boy, the guys on this Home Depot team really made some big gains yesterday when we went out for practice. Uh, you know, Greg Zipidelli and all the guys, they got together uh, two nights ago and, you know, tried to come up with a game plan of stuff we wanted to work through yesterday to try to make the car a little better. And, uh, you know, right out of the box uh, for the practice yesterday, the car was much, much quicker, pulled up in the draft a lot better. 
um, drove a lot better throughout the whole run. So uh, we're pretty excited about today, kind of hoping that uh, – but this thing will stay green for 50 laps, and that way we can get a really good idea of what we're going to have for Sunday now. Getting in the race is not a worry based on your qualifying speed and the provisional points opportunity. Either way, you'd be in the race. But do you approach it any different because it is for a starting position, whereas last year you already had it locked up? Well, I think we just try to make sure that we get in. I mean, we don't want to have to use a provisional, but uh, I can guarantee it's a lot more relaxed situation going into this race than it was last year, uh, you know, knowing, uh, or at least before qualifying, because we didn't have a provisional. So, uh, you know, knowing that we, we got a provisional, it helps ease the pain a little bit and, uh, you know, gives us an opportunity, to, like I say, just to really work on the balance of the car. And, you know, obviously we want to start up front, we want to finish up front, but uh, most importantly we want to make sure we got a good race car for Sunday instead. He set the world on fire last year with three wins. He wants to carry it into the year 2000. Tony Stewart rolls off eighth. See how well he does here today. We talked about Dale Earnhardt a moment ago and how well he has done at Daytona over the years. And he is going for his 11th straight Gatorade 125 win. I'll bet he thinks he can do it, Marty Snyder. Well, I don't think Dale Earnhardt has shown his hand all week long and as dominant as Dale Jarrett has been. Does that uh, dampen your odds at all to win this 11th straight uh, Gatorade Twin 125? Optimism optimism is high. That's all I can say is, you know, you come into this race and no matter how you ran all week, you, you feel, still feel good about it. Uh, I know what the circumstances can happen, and I know things can spin around and happen, and things can, ha- you know, all kind of twists and turns of it. So uh, I'm going to go for it. I'm, I think our opportunity to win is high, and we've got a good race car. We're just out of trouble and be okay. These practices have seemed uh, dicey. Is it fair to say the cars are a little more unpredictable than they have been in the past? Yeah, well, I think we had the cars really comfortable to race under the conditions we were on before. And as they are today, I think they're a lot more unstable in race race conditions. But Dale Earnhardt will try to get to victory lane. When I said he hadn't showed his hand all week long, he smiled and grinned as if he hadn't showed his hand all week long. Dale Earnhardt starting ninth in the first Gatorade Twin 125. We've talked with a whole bunch of drivers who have good starting spots, good time trial speeds, maybe were high in last year's final point standings, who are fairly comfortably in the Daytona 500. Now let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Some of those at the back of the starting field for today's race who didn't have a good time trial speed on Saturday and who maybe were not as high up in last year's final point standings as they would need to be to make the cut. Starting with Chad Little. 47th on the time trial sheet, 23rd in last year's final owner points, and he starts 23rd today. Jim Phillips is with Chad Little. And he used the word to me, nervous. Chad Little, how important is a good start today starting 23rd? Well, the you know, the, the important position is that uh, magical top 15. Other than that, it, uh, you know, it really doesn't matter. Um, uh, the John Deere Ford's got a, got a shot at a points provisional, but not a great one, so... It makes the top 15 very, very important. And, you know, I'm a little nervous from that standpoint. I'm a little nervous because the cars aren't handling as well as they have in the past. So that's going to force everyone to use their head more. And, and um, you know, I just, I just pray that uh, it works out that way and that we can have a good, safe race for everybody. Can you play this race in two parts or you have to sprint every lap? Um, the tires will, will band-aid the chassis uh, for about 20 laps. So it's really the last... Uh, the last 30 laps or so that uh, that's really it's going to be critical and where the cars are going to be a handful starting 23rd and he again used the word nervous that's chad little brett bodai will be starting 24th and without a strong qualifying speed brett knows he needs the best run he's probably ever had in the qualifying races if he's going to be in the daytona 500 come sunday let's get his thoughts with winston kelly well brett if conventional wisdom and history plays a part of it you've 
quite simply, got to race your way in. How do you feel about today's race in the car? Well, it's it's uh, we got a tough task ahead of us. Uh, you know, we've just we've done all we can this week trying to prepare for this this day, this race to get in Daytona 500. And, uh, you know, hopefully this Ralph's Taurus is, is ready to go. Uh, we've got a lot of work to do, and a, this is a tough field of race cars to go up through. So we're just going to have to see what we can do. Got any friends back here that you've worked with or talked to about drafting to the front? Well, Jeff and I ran together yesterday, and uh, it definitely was faster with him ahead of me, and he's starting right ahead of me. So uh, with Kyle Petty behind us, you know, possibly three cars can get together. Uh, we've all got the same thing in mind. We've got to go to the front, and you know you can't do it on your own. So uh, I think these veteran drivers back here, we're going to help each other. Well, blood's always been thicker than anything else, and Brother Jeffrey starting a couple of positions ahead of him, a couple of rows ahead of him. In 20th, Brett Bedine starts 24th. Kyle Petty, 40th on the time trial sheet, 26th in last year's final owner points. He starts 26th in today's race. A thought from Kyle Petty before we fire him up. Let's go back to Marty Snyder. And a long way to go for Kyle Petty. And, Kyle, do you feel like you have to race your way in today? Uh, excellent question. Uh yeah, you know, that's what we're here for, is to, is to race. Uh, we've been racing since we got here. We raced to qualify. We didn't do as good as we expected either time. Um, so, yeah, we, we need to race in. We got a little bit of a cushion, maybe. Uh, it really depends on what everybody else does. We don't want to have to depend on everybody else to get us in a race. We want to go out and race our way in. So that's what we're here for. We just asked Brett Bodine the same question. Is there a plan? Have you guys talked about trying to hook up to get to the front early in this race? You know, I think there's so many people in this first race. It's been a joke in the garage area. Uh, is how tough the first race is compared to the people that are in the second race. Uh, I think they're both t- tough races, but you know when you get to this point and it's a Daytona 500 and it's qualifying, it's just about everybody for himself. I don't think there's a plan for anybody. A lot of pressure on these guys who start in the back, and Kyle Petty with a long way to go. To relieve that pressure, he will start 26 in today's first race. We will have the command of fire engines and a look at the starting lineup, plus the green flag for the Gatorade 125s when we come back to Daytona. The field of starters in the first of today's Gatorade 125s is rolling from the pit lane out onto the Daytona International Speedway. They'll make two pace laps and then the green flag in the first of our 50-mile sprints. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Starting back in 28th position, Jim Sauter has the Realtree Camouflage Chevrolet. The Manson Motorsports Ford of Carl Long goes 27th. It'll be Kyle Petty. We heard from a moment ago in the Hot Wheels Pontiac 26. Bobby Gerhardt starts the Kewadden Casinos Chevrolet in 25th position. 24th, that's Brett Bodine in the Ralph Supermarkets Ford. The John Deere Ford with Chad Little goes 23rd. 22nd, Jeff Fuller. He's in the Pfizer Viagra Pontiac in the Square D Chevrolet with Kenny Wallace is 21st. Starting 20th, Jeffrey Bodine in the Power Team Chevrolet. Terry Labonte goes 19th. He's in the Kellogg Chevy. 18th is Darrell Waltrip in the Route 66 Big Kmart Ford. Jeremy Mayfield lines up 17th in the Mobile One Ford. 16th is Robbie Gordon in the Turtle Wax Duracell Ford. 15th starter, Sterling Marlin in the Coors Light Chevrolet. Bobby Labonte goes 14th in the Interstate Batteries. Pontiac with the Conseco Ford of Mike Bliss starting 13th. 12th is Jeff Gordon in the DuPont Chevrolet and starting 11th is Wally Dallenbeck in the Turner Broadcasting Ford. A look at the top 10. Johnny Benson has the Tyler Jet Pontiac starting 10th. 9th position Dale Earnhardt of the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. The 8th starter, Tony Stewart in the Home Depot Pontiac. The Kodiak Ford with Stacy Compton will go from 7th. 6th starter Ken Schrader in the M&M's Pontiac. The tied Ford with Scott Pruitt, the rookie driver, starts 5th. Fourth position will be Rusty Wallace in the Miller Lite Ford. The Valvoline Cummings Ford with Mark Martin as your third starter. Front row has Bill Elliott outside in the number two position in the McDonald's Ford. And the Quality Care Ford Credit Ford with Dale Jarrett will go from the pole here this afternoon. 
Daytona International Speedway, two and a half miles around a trioval shaped racetrack. We are located in the Winston Tower above the start-finish line. 18-degree banking as the cars make the left-hand bend from the short straightaway connecting turn four to the start-finish line and exit off onto the other short straightaway heading down towards turns one and two. To patrol that end of the racetrack for Motor Racing Network this afternoon, let's welcome in Joe Moore of Hampton, Virginia. Thanks, Alan. Good afternoon, everyone. Patrolling turns one and two of the uh, Super Speedway here this afternoon. I'm at the exit of turn two on a scaffold. You guys talked about what a beautiful day it is. This is almost a take-your-shirt-off day, and a lot of folks here in the infield below me have already done that, enjoying the beautiful weather as they get ready to see the first of these Gatorade 125s. 31 degrees of banking in turns one and two. That'll hold the cars down so they can keep their speeds wide open coming through there, and of course, the job at hand is to find the perfect drafting partner. That's what kicks in once they exit turn number two and hit the back straightaway. That can propel you to the front or send you all the way to the rear, and you heard a lot of drivers already talking about how much they're counting on hooking up with the right driver so they can go in the right direction, that being to the front. Well, watch that decision-making process unfold here this afternoon in turns one and two. And as we go down that long back straightaway, the super stretch here at Daytona International Speedway, in some of the races that we have seen here, they get four wide heading up to turn number three. Gets a little breathtaking over there at times, and Kurt Becker from Altamont, Illinois, has a bird's-eye view. And Barney, the back straightaway, 3,600 feet long. The beauty of the matter is this. When they stack up three and four wide, the racetrack actually widens out coming off the end of the backstretch and heading back up into the 31-degree banking in turn number three. The only problem is if you're trapped too far down low going into that corner, the track is flat at that portion. It's difficult at that point to maintain your momentum. We do expect to see some outstanding racing on this end of the track this afternoon. We'll have all the action covered from our position atop a scaffold at the east end of the infield just inside the entry to turn three. And patrolling the turns three and four area of Daytona International Speedway this afternoon for Motor Racing Network, Birmingham, Alabama, Zeli Gold. Alan, I'm on a scaffold just outside the exit of turn number four, no more than 15 or 20 feet from the racetrack. And what you see here, particularly today, are two very different stories. Middle of the race, you see guys going down low, going up high, trying to make those power moves, getting through the corner as best they can, usually on the low side of the racetrack. But as you come towards the checkered flag, this is the area where over the years we've seen some major stories unfold. If you've got to get into the Daytona 500, this is that final opportunity to make the pass to give you an automatic transfer spot into the 500. So this end of the speedway can be thrilling. It can be heartbreaking. We'll see it all today as the best racing in the world unfolds while we also, in this 80-degree day, have a chance to bronze our Adonis-like body. Yeah, we will not follow that comment up whatsoever. <laughs> a reminder of what is at stake. Starting positions, 3 through 30. In the Daytona 500, in this race, the top 14 finishers, not including pole sitter Dale Jarrett, will get that inside row in positions 3 through 30 for the 500 on Sunday afternoon. The outside row to be filled in the second of the qualifying races coming up in just a while. Dale Jarrett and Bill Elliott on the front row. Mark Martin and Rusty Wallace in row 2. Scott Pruitt and Ken Schrader in row three 50 laps 125 miles the distance and the pace car is on pit road ready to begin the 42nd gatorade 125 seal comes out of the line 50 laps of breath holding competition here at daytona green flag is in the air and on the break dale jarrett tries to get away by himself at the bottom of the racetrack now remember it takes a while to get these restrictor plate motors wound out so they head for turn number one exactly like they came across the start finish line nobody pulling out to pass backed up two by two now for the first time climbing the turn one banking at this end of the racetrack still 
Dale side by side. Dale Jarrett down low with Bill Elliott up to the high side. Now coming up to speed, exiting the corner. DJ starts to pull out by just about a half of car length. Bill Elliott still struggling with Dale Jarrett. Now Elliott tries to find more momentum in the outside lane. Is Elliott with help now from Mark Martin forging to a narrow lead. Here's a surprise. Dale Earnhardt's found an open lane. He'll come to the inside and try and grab a spot maybe too. The leader is Elliott coming off the corner. Down low though, you've got Jarrett with drafting help from Wallace. They come into the trioval for the first time. It'll be Bill Elliott leading lap one. Dale Jarrett single file behind him in second. Now Rusty Wallace single file in third. Double wide for fourth on back. Ken Schrader is there racing alongside Mark Martin into turn one. Schrader hoping for some drafting help from Scott Pruitt who's also down on the inside lane just behind him. Meanwhile, in the outside lane, that's occupied by Mark Martin. He's hoping from some help from Tony Stewart. Still two by two. That's from fourth on back. The front three are single file. Everyone stacking up down to the inside of Mark Martin, who's back in the fourth position. Now, Tony Stewart in fifth hooks up behind Mark Martin at the end of the backstretch. Pulling out was Ken Schrader to the low side. Doesn't have much drafting help until he backs up to Scott Pruitt. Now that lower draft begins to pull away from the high side. Eighth place on back. You've got Benson and Bobby Labonte working. Not a whole lot of shuffling been going on in the front straightaway. Most of the three wide racing has been in the backstretch, and that's the way they stay here as they cross the line. It's Bill Elliott and Dale Jarrett leading a five-car choo-choo train single file, racing for six positions side-by-side in turn one. That's still Ken Schrader racing down on the inside, but this time he's got Johnny Benson on the high side of the banking. It's stacked up two by two from there on back. Front five are Elliott, Dale Jarrett, Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin, and Tony Stewart. Battle for fifth position. A couple of Pontiacs there still side by side. And it's Johnny Benson in the outside lane. Ken Schrader tries to keep it wound up down to the inside. Schrader showing some power. He's been down low by himself and he is not being bypassed. He's hanging on to the sixth spot. Then behind him you've got Earnhardt in seventh. Jeff Gordon moving up on the low side in eighth. Then Stacey Compton ninth. Let us mention that on the pace laps, Jeff Fuller had to drop his car to the tail end of the field. It is a backup machine after a practice crash here the other day. 27 cars in the lead draft. The Bobby Gerhardt machine has dropped off the field just a little bit as they head for turn one. Now the race will be for the ninth position while the front eight cars go nose to tail. It is Dale Earnhardt working the inside lane. Bobby Labonte to his outside. And Jeff Gordon right down on the inside with Robbie Gordon alongside. They're trying to provide some drafting help. Bobby Labonte now takes over the ninth position in the outside lane. Dale Earnhardt tries to get back up in the line behind him. Jeff Gordon is trapped down low. Let's see if Gordon gets some help from the rear flank. That's Jeff Gordon. Works to the inside of Robbie Gordon. They'll try and sort out while the front doesn't pull away, led by Elliott. It is single file among about the front 12 cars as they work their way back down to the start-finish line. When they crossed the line a moment ago, it was Jeffrey Bodine in the transfer spot back in 15th position at that time. Again, single file. They go back to turn number one and that front draft beginning to shake some cars back toward the tail end of the field. Those guys up front falling in line single file, realizing they can pull away from everyone else. Now the single file racing from about 12th or 13th on back. Bobby Labonte Stacy Compton there on the low side of the racetrack. He's trying to clear traffic to get in that line and pull away as well. Stacy Compton still rooted down low. Now they're stacked up three wide. Again, this going on just outside the top ten. Wally Dolan back three wide to the inside. 
Wally has to squeeze it through the corner. Stacy Compton will lift just a bit. He will go straight back. Everybody else bypassing him while pulling off now is Darrell Walsh to chase down the lead draft. I think that was a lift or wreck situation for Stacy Compton, and the young driver did a good job to keep from getting in trouble over there in turn number three. Five laps complete of 50 in this first Gatorade 125. Bill Elliott leads him to one. Single file once again coming into the corner. Elliott trying to pull away some rot from Dale Jarrett. Got about a car length on him, but just as quickly as he does, DJ tightens it up once again. Rusty Wallace just behind in third. Mark Martin fourth, and Tony Stewart rides fifth. Behind them, Johnny Benson in the sixth position. Ken Schrader getting restless back in seventh. Took a peek, a half lane to the inside, but nothing doing there. Scott Pruitt going in the eighth spot. Bobby Labonte ninth. Dale Earnhardt is tenth. Eleventh is Robbie Gordon. Jeff Gordon runs right behind him. Those cars, a dozen, pulling away ahead of 13th, Walchup, 14th, Jeffrey Bodine. And now it seems like at least the front 20 have decided to run single file, maybe chase down that lead pack before they get too far away, and they have put six laps on the board in the first of the Gatorade 125. A change of positions at the end of the top 10. Dale Earnhardt around Bobby Labonte to pick up the ninth spot, putting Bobby back to 10th, and that side-by-side racing ever so briefly has allowed the second pack of cars to run the first back down, and now we've got a whole one long 27-car draft as we are seven laps into this Gatorade 125. We're in the opening laps in the first of today's two Gatorade 125-mile qualifying races to set the starting field for Sunday's Daytona 500. Bill Elliott got the lead from Dale Jarrett on the very first lap, has held it ever since. Jarrett is second, Rusty Wallace is third, fourth is Mark Martin, and Tony Stewart is fifth. Sixth at this point belongs to Johnny Benson. Ken Schrader was seventh. He's feeling a challenge from Dale Earnhardt as they come off of turn number four. Dale Earnhardt down to the bottom of the racetrack, runs door to door with him, and now they break out double wide. Jeff Gordon sneaks in behind Dale Earnhardt to give him a little push and maybe get him around as they work their way back to turn number one. I believe they're going to pull it off. Yeah, Earnhardt makes the move down to the inside, cleanly gets around, picks off the seventh position. Now Jeff Gordon pulls up alongside Ken Schrader to battle for the eighth spot. So they run side by side. Off the turn two banking. Behind them, Robbie Gordon and Bobby Labonte stacked up double wide as well from eighth on back. Jeff Gordon, Chevrolet still just inside of Ken Schrader's Pontiac racing door to door all the way off the end of the backstretch battle for the eighth position. Meanwhile, the last transfer spot is right there in and amongst this big group of cars, but quickly Chad Little and Jeffrey Bodine and Brett Bodine chasing down that pack of traffic they want back in the hunt. Last car in a transfer position as they come to the start-finish line will be the car of Wally Dallenbach, Terry Labonte also there. They're side-by-side. Darrell Waltrip right behind them at this point, one spot out of the Daytona 500. Side-by-side for the eighth position, on back to that transfer spot. The front seven cars, though, remain in single file. Jeff Gordon to the inside of the racetrack for the eighth spot. He's still racing alongside Ken Schrader, who just will not let him make the move. Jeff Gordon has help from Bobby Labonte on the inside lane. Up on the top side, Ken Schrader has Robbie Gordon stacking up behind him, still contesting the eighth spot. He'll climb the banking, also add Scott Pruitt to that outside line. So it's Schrader, Robbie Gordon, and Scott Pruitt to the outside of Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Bobby Labonte, and Sterling Marlin. Again, a breakaway as they come back down to the line. Scramble's going to be from eighth place on back. Dale Earnhardt looking for somebody to draft with right now to get him on up there. He moved away from Jeff Gordon and Kenny Schrader just a moment ago, and now there's beginning to be a gap among that front single-file draft as they go back to turn one. Even Earnhardt can't do this by himself. He needs some help and thought maybe he would get it from Ken Schrader. 
Schrader. Instead, Schrader goes to the high side of the racetrack, goes after Earnhardt, battling him for the seventh spot. But here's Jeff Gordon kicking in on the inside to give drafting help to Earnhardt. Gordon changes lanes on the move. Jeff Gordon does now. He starts low, switches to the center lane, all the way up to the top side, trying to get around Earnhardt. Remember earlier, Schrader was hanging by his lonesome on the low side of the racetrack and didn't lose spots against Johnny Benson. Well, he's right there trying it again, this time to the high side alongside Earnhardt. Bobby Labonte pulls up behind Dale Earnhardt to give him a little boost in the draft. Jeff Gordon is lined up behind Ken Schrader. And again, this is double wide for seventh position on back while the front six cars run single file and try to put a little bit of distance on this pack. Earnhardt finally squeezes down to the inside, clears himself of Ken Schrader. Schrader quickly falls back in line, has to decide which way to go because to the inside of him, here comes Bobby Labonte's Pontiac. He tries to roar up underneath Ken Schrader, but instead he'll have to deal with Jeff Gordon who pulls up to Bobby's outside. Here's Schrader in the eighth position. He's got Jeff Gordon now tucking in line right behind him in ninth. Bobby Labonte is tenth. Robbie Gordon, the driver, trapped on the inside. Then you've got Pruitt going in the twelfth spot. Thirteenth, Terry Labonte. Sterling Marlin is fourteenth. Jeffrey Bodine, fifteenth. Sixteenth is Wally Donald. Back Chad Little now running in the seventeenth spot ahead of Jeremy Mayfield and Mike Bliss. And eighteenth would have been Darrell Waltrip. Nineteenth as they came around Jeremy Mayfield and making up the top twenty would be Brett Bodine as they worked their way back to turn number one. And Alan, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I think all of us are. We expected three and four wide racing in this pack, particularly with the caliber of talent that's in there, but they're using a lot of restraint right now. A lot of drivers giving way and giving ground in the early going to avoid having some problems and some situations which aren't going to do anybody any good in the opening laps and some good, cool, calm, collected driving as we're 14 laps into this event. A couple of things to uh, point out and look at at this point. Johnny Benson's car has been running very well during practice all week. He has made his way up into that group, uh, that top six draft that has broken away from the rest of the so good effort there for Benson's team after starting 10th. He is up to the 6th spot. And looking back a little bit farther into the group, some of those drivers we talked about being on the bubble as far as whether they were going to be able to get into the Daytona 500. Chad Little has moved himself up now from where he started into the 18th position. Chad started back in 23rd, so he's picking his way closer and closer to the transfer spot. He's just not quite there yet. And it's getting a little more furious racing, too, from about 15th on back. Jeremy Mayfield, Sterling Marlin, Wally Dolan back, and Chad kind of making some pretty breathtaking moves off turn number four. About to complete the 17th of 50 laps in our opening Gatorade 125 today. Your top five are Bill Elliott, Dale Jarrett, Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin, and Tony Stewart. Bill Elliott continues to lead in the first of today's Gatorade 125s over Dale Jarrett, Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin, Tony Stewart, and Johnny Benson. Those are the six cars that have made up the lead draft for the last several laps. The second group that was racing so furiously side-by-side has sorted itself out, being pulled by Dale Earnhardt now in single-file formation. They're beginning to run down those front six. No longer up with the pack is the Brett Bodine car. We talked with him before the race, said he was really on the bubble of getting into the day. 500. If he didn't transfer in through this race right now, he's off the pace. He's fallen back far from the pack. Jim Phillips, what's the story there? Well, he's down a cylinder, Alan. When he, the car came by, it sounded really flat. The crew is hoping for a caution. They're hoping that maybe a plug wire has fallen off or something of that sort, but they don't look optimistic. 
Tough break for Brett Bodine, who is really struggling uh, with his own operation, trying to get things put together for the year 2000. Still that six-car breakaway up in turn number four, heading back into the front straightaway. A moment ago, the cars that lined up single file behind that breakaway were able to chase them down, but the gap the last couple laps around, just watching where Dale Earnhardt and Kenny Schrader and Jeff Gordon is, is beginning to shorten up a little bit as they try to chase down the lead pack in turn one. Earnhardt was trying to convince him for so long, get it behind me, let's chase these guys down. Nobody wanted to do that. Finally, they're listening to his reason. Falling in line behind is helping as they start to close in on the front bunch. You've got Schrader just in behind Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Gordon behind him, but they are now stacked up double wide further back. And this is side-by-side for the 10th position. Bobby Labonte drives down inside of Brother Terry. He's going to lose two positions in the exchange. Bobby Labonte backsliding. And even further back near the tail end of the field, we're starting now to see drivers try anything. One lap run low, one lap run high. Next time by, run in the middle. Kenny Wallace going all the way out towards the outside wall, looking to find a place where his square D machine will run well. Transfer spot as they can Lap number 21 belongs to Wally Tallenbach. Chad Little, Jeremy Mayfield, Sterling Marlin, Kyle Petty, and Darrell Waltrip. One position out of the automatic transfer into the Daytona 500. Let's follow him back to turn one. Tallenbach goes to the high side of the banking as he does. Here comes Chad Little making a move to the inside. Saw the opening and Little is going for it. Trying to get in the front 14. They race side by side off turn two. Chad Little keeps it wound up down to the inside. Wally Tallenbach up on the high side of the racetrack. They're door to door coming off the end of the back stretch to turn three. Jeremy Mayfield is there also. He'll pick to go with Wally to the high side. So Little down low. About three car lanes ahead of him is Jeffrey Bodine, but Bodine now comes high. He'll join Dolan back in Mayfield. And Chad's going to lose some ground instead of gaining it. A couple of cars move out in front of him here as they come down to the dogleg. Jeffrey Bodine will block his move to advance a little bit closer to the front of the field. Meanwhile, that gap that we talked about a moment ago is only in maybe three or four car lengths among everybody now up toward the front of the field in turn two. Getting smaller and smaller as Earnhardt now sees a chance to move up on Johnny Benson, the next car in line. He's about four car lengths behind him. Settles back in single file for now here on the back straightaway. Earnhardt's red Chevrolet trying to track down Benson's white Pontiac. That would be a battle for the sixth position there in turn three. Dale Earnhardt is just about a car length back behind Johnny Benson. Then Benson is about three car lanes down to the combination of Mark Martin and Tony Stewart. Right now basically single file off the corner. And while they run single file, let's give you the run down through the field now as we approach the 23rd lap. Uh, in now the 23rd lap as the leaders cross the start finish line approaching halfway. Bill Elliott leads. Dale Jarrett is second. Rusty Wallace third. Mark Martin fourth. And Tony Stewart is fifth. Johnny Benson is sixth. Dale Earnhardt is seventh. Eighth position belongs to Jeff Gordon. Ninth is Ken Schrader. Terry Labonte runs in tenth spot. Eleventh is Scott Pruitt. Bobby Labonte is twelfth. Robbie Gordon thirteenth. Wally Dallenback fourteenth. And Jeremy Mayfield fifteenth. Sixteenth now. One spot out of the 500 is Chad Little with Jeffrey Bodine 17th, Sterling Marlin 18th, Kyle Petty 19th, and Darrell Waltrip 20th. 21st is Mike Bliss, Stacey Compton 22nd, Jim Sauter 23rd, Kenny Wallace mired back in 24th position with Carl Long 25th, Brett Bodine 26th, Jeff Fuller 27th, and Bobby Gerhardt being put a lap down by the leaders momentarily. He is the last car on the racetrack in 28th position. Pretty good scramble going on from fourth place on back. It's heading over to turn three. That's where Dale Earnhardt is in the passing lane. He dives down to the inside of Tony Stewart. Side by side with him, Earnhardt shoots out ahead. It all squeezed by the slow machine of Brett Bodine, who's already gone a lap down while the front three pull away. Mark Martin holds down fourth. The scramble for fifth is Stewart ahead of Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon. 
Earnhardt having to slide up in line behind Tony Stewart when they came up on the Brett Bodine car that, as we documented a few minutes ago, is running down a cylinder and has been overtaken by the leaders. Let's follow the race for fourth, fifth, and sixth as it heads for turn one. Mark Martin has the fourth position. Tony Stewart checking him out, seeing how possibly he can make a move. Stewart's going to climb the banking with his Pontiac. Look to the outside of Martin's Ford. Doesn't see the opening there. He'll get back in line. Got to be real careful here because Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon are closing from the rear. Again, this is going on from fourth on back. Mark Martin in fourth. Tony Stewart rides fifth. Gap of three more car lengths then back to Dale Earnhardt. Meanwhile, eighth place is a good battle also as Schrader up the high side of the racetrack holds off the challenge from down low from Bobby Labonte. Labonte has drafting help with Robbie Gordon and Terry Labonte. Off of turn four, they come into the trioval now, side by side, Bobby Labonte and Ken Schrader as they cross the stripe, double wide behind them, Robbie Gordon and Scott Pruitt. This should be for eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh while everybody in front of them runs single file. All ganged up from eighth on back, double wide coming back into turn number one with Bobby Labonte trying to make the nice move down to the inside. Does have the nose of his car out in front of Ken Schrader. Let's see if Schrader can pull even. No, Labonte's going to pull up in front of him, claim sole possession of that spot off turn two. Bobby Labonte moves up into the eighth position, dropping Ken Schrader back to ninth, and Scott Pruitt also is part of that mix. He's up to the tenth position now. Johnny Benson goes by, and finally Robbie Gordon manages to get himself back in line. Here come the leaders off turn number four, lap 31. Pretty stable coming out of that corner. They get back in single file for the most part as they swing across the line to put lap number 30 on the board. Why don't we get a couple of quick pit reports? Jim Phillips? Out on this end of the pit lane, Barney, we got Dale Earnhardt. He's got his mates to move, but he's still complaining that his car is too tight. Does not want to turn good in the middle of the turns. Maybe later on when a car gets up behind him, might help that situation out. We'll have to wait to see. Westy Kelly. Among the drivers, the midsection of pit road also reporting a tight condition on their car. Includes Sterling Marlin, Bobby Lewani, Mark Martin, and Jeff Gordon. Extremely tight behind somebody. He'd like to find some clean air out front. And Marty Snyder. And most everybody on this end of pit road tight as well. The longer they run, all of these cars seem to be getting tighter. As Kenny Wallace has fallen back to the end of the field, he's currently running in 24th. I asked Jimmy Ellich what was wrong a little bit earlier. He shrugged his shoulder said, I don't know what's going on. And the front three come off turn number four and back into the straightaway. And Alan, just a minute ago, they were run- the fourth, fifth, and sixth place car were chasing them down. Now they're losing ground. A bunch. The front three are beginning to move away from them. Farther back, somebody who's gained a lot of ground, Chad Little, was in 16th spot, one position away from the transfer and falling behind the 15th position. But all of a sudden, Joe Moore, he's caught a sniff of a draft and has run Terry Labonte down. Sees a possibility of going after Terry here in turn two by using the outside lane hoping maybe he can hook up with Robbie Gordon. Before he does, though, Gordon shuts the lane down, pulls down in front of Terry Labonte. Robbie Gordon in the 14th position, and Terry Labonte just behind him. For now, Chad Little gets back up in the line, and he rides single file. Ultimately, hundreds of thousands of dollars and a ton of prestige on the line in that battle right there to get into the Daytona 500. Chad Little coming off turn number four. Snuck a peek to the inside of Terry Labonte, but not now. Front three again continue to just stay nose-to-tail, no door-to-door racing among them all afternoon. All they want to do is keep that real tight draft going and put as much daylight on the rest of the field as they can. But from fourth place on back, that's still pretty close. They're in turn two. Mark Martin leads that pack, coming back into turn number two with Tony Stewart, taking a little different line, a little higher on the racetrack here at this end of the course. Then behind him, you've got Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon, all running nose to tail. And further back, it's Bobby Labonte. He rides in the eighth position. Challenge and change for ninth. That's where Scott Pruitt just made a move down to the inside of Ken Schrader. And then Johnny Ben 
So Scott Pruitt settles in behind Bobby Labonte, just ahead of Kenny Schrader. Those in fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh spot now go to the high side around the left car of Jeff Fuller. And they are double wide for the final position into the Daytona 500. Three cars dicing for that. Terry Labonte is just in front of Wally Dallenbach, and now a little bobble off turn four for Dallenbach, and here goes Chad Little around him. So Little into the 15th position, picks up the final spot. Dallenbach now needs to rally back, see if he can pass him once again. But instead, Dallenbach is going to lose some ground. Chad Little's picked up a big head of steam coming into the corner. He's going after Terry Labonte, driving down to the inside of the track. He's already picked up six car lengths on Wally Dallenbach. And Terry Labonte for now hangs on to the 14th position. Chad Little started to run to the inside, moving on to the backstretch, then changed lanes and gets back up into line behind Labonte. So Chad Little very patiently made that move and finally has it pay off for him. The front three go by. That is three seconds back to Martin and fourth. Fifteen laps to go for the leaders when they cross the start-finish line this time. Bill Elliott pulling them around the racetrack, works their way back into turn number one. That gap we talked about gets a little bit shorter that time around as there wasn't too much door-to-door racing, at least among fourth, fifth, and sixth place. They go back to turn one. Those cars stay single file coming back into the turn. I think what has hurt them somewhat, Barney, the fact they've been using different lanes. Here's Dale Earnhardt way up against the outside retaining wall while the two cars in front of him, Mark Martin and Tony Stewart, are right down at the bottom of the track as they hit the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt for now maintains the sixth position. Jeff Gordon is seventh just behind him. Again, everyone still going single file through the first dozen cars. Those cars still climbing the banking here at this end of the speedway. Turns three and four. Tony Stewart really closes in on Mark Martin but can't make the move. Bobby Labonte stays down low. Earnhardt's using a middle groove. Fourteen laps to go as the leaders cross the start-finish line. Caution-free so far. Only one lead change. Dale Jarrett was the pole sitter, but Bill Elliott came around with a lead on lap one and has held it ever since. Thirteen laps to go. It is a three-car breakaway. Bill Elliott, Dale Jarrett, and Rusty Wallace. Dale Earnhardt, if he's going to extend his streak to 11 years straight, very frankly needs a caution flag at this point. At the Daytona International Speedway, 11 laps to go in the first Gatorade 125. Bill Elliott has led all of the circuits so far with Dale Jarrett and Rusty Wallace right behind him. Fourth spot has just changed hands, and there's a hole pack from fourth on back to 15th that are racing fairly close together. They're steaming down the backstretch towards turn three. Tony Stewart now up to the fourth position. Mark Martin behind him. Further back, they're side-by-side for the ninth position in turn three. Resetting it. Stewart is in fourth. Mark Martin is in fifth. Jeff Gordon sixth. Bobby Labonte seventh. Scott Pruitt is 8th, Robbie Gordon 9th, Earnhardt is 10th, Mayfield 11th, Schrader is 12th, Benson 13th. And the heat's going to get turned up right now with 10 laps to go. The guys that are running outside that transfer spot beginning to run door-to-door, race a little bit harder, and also up through the field as they all go back to turn 1. Single file of Inc. Again, run the front group of cars, but from the transfer spot on back, that's the hot action coming back into the corner, and Dale Earnhardt, who told us he was not handling very well, has fallen back into that pack now. Here's Robbie Gordon diving down to the inside lane, pulling up a alongside Dale Earnhardt. He'll get a nose out in front of Earnhardt off two. And that's the battle for the ninth position. Earnhardt in the outside lane. Robbie Gordon is still stuck down low. Earnhardt now with drafting help from Ken Schrader on the outside. And then further back, Jeremy Mayfield is down low. He'll get sucked up in that draft and close right back in on the rear deck of Robbie Gordon. So Gordon and Mayfield now trying to battle a four-car draft to their outside. If they all play it reasonably safely, as safe as you can at 190 miles an hour. All of these drivers are in transfer spots for the 500 that we're talking about. Chad Little is at the end of that group that's racing side by side. He's in the 15th position and in the 500 if they get to the checkered flag. They're in one. 
Tandle goes to the inside. Even though he's in, he wants to make something happen. He's going to do it. Passing Kerry Labonte. Now pulling up alongside Johnny Benson while Robbie Gordon in front of him races alongside Ken Schrader. They're side by side for 10th. Schrader to the outside of Robbie Gordon. And Schrader has to help in the outside lane. Jeremy Mayfield rambles up behind him. And Chad Little's on the move. He says, heck, instead of starting 29th, I could start 27th. I could start 25th. If he stays where he is now, he's going to start 23rd. He's charging closer to the front. Carl Long has ducked down the pit road as the scramble continues. There are going to be eight laps to go as they work their way back down to the start-finish line. From Dale Earnhardt on back, things beginning to heat up. Jeremy Mayfield's got his hands full right now. they got almost three wide coming out of turn number four as they go to one. Dale is in the ninth position now, coming back to turn number one. Ken Schrader behind him in tenth. Eleventh is Jeremy Mayfield, and that's a side-by-side challenge. Robbie Gordon goes underneath Mayfield, pulls even with him up off the corner, while Johnny Benson, Terry Labonte, and Chad Little look on. All the traffic stacking up in the outside lane against Robbie Gordon, so Jeremy Mayfield moves by to solidify the 11th spot. Gordon back to 12th. Up front still, Bill Elliott nose to tail ahead of Jarrett, then it's a car length and a half back to the third place man, Wallace. Four seconds back to Tony Stewart in fourth. Dale Jarrett has not really tried to make a move on Bill Elliott since lining up behind him once they broke from the green flag side-by-side formation. Will he in the final laps? is a question that we will find out here momentarily. Again, just joining us, caution-free in the first of today's Gatorade 125. Jarrett and Elliott side-by-side on the front row at the green flag. Elliott got out front on lap one, has led them all to this point. Everybody that started the race is still on the racetrack. All 28 of the starters uh, still running, although a couple of them have had some problems. Brett Bodine has lost a cylinder. He's a couple of laps down. Bobby Gerhardt has uh, lost a couple of laps just off the pace. And Carl Long was just on pit road for a set of tires moment ago. He also has lost a couple of laps. Our mid-race update brought to you by Chase Authentics. Each week, the top drivers in the NASCAR, Craftsman, Truck, Bush, and Winston Cup Series compete on the track to provide the best entertainment in motorsports. Off the track, the competition ends. NASCAR's leading drivers agree to supply their fans with the best apparel in racing. Chase Authentics, the authentic trackside apparel of NASCAR. Now back to the race where the chase is on. Been getting a little racy from ninth place on back. That's where Dale Earnhardt, Ken Schrader, Jeremy Mayfield, Johnny Benson, and Robbie Gordon all have been running there over in turn two. Real mover in that pack, Barney, is Robbie Gordon. He's trying to pick up positions, has a couple of times. Right now in a fierce battle there with Johnny Benson. They're battling for the 12th position. Benson just outside of Robbie Gordon. Here's Terry Labonte. He's part of that mix. Labonte trying to choose a lane in turn three. They're looking to go up the banking here, staying low as Robbie Gordon. Benson goes as high as you can, staying low as Terry Labonte, and using that same low line, Chad Little. Across the stripe is leader Bill Elliott. Five laps to go in the first of today's Gatorade 125s. Dale Earnhardt's streak is in jeopardy. He is a long ways behind the leaders with a short time to go. Ken Schrader rides along behind Earnhardt, and you've got the car of Jeremy Mayfield next in line. No one making a move unless you go back up to about the fourth or fifth position. That's where Jeff Gordon takes a different line. Looks to the outside of Mark Martin, who looks to the inside of Tony Stewart. All of that battling going on from fourth on back. Tony Stewart blocks a move by Mark Martin, who now settles back into line. They work their way off the end of the backstretch. They are nearly five seconds behind the front three. Elliot, Jarrett, Rusty Wallace, they're still going by us now, and five seconds later, you'll hear the second pack come by. Nobody's stepping out of line. Alan, I think the whole big difference and the smart thing that they could do is the front three, since they got kind of single file, what, about the second lap going around this racetrack? Neither one of those three has pulled out to do anything, while from fourth place on back, they've been running door to door, side by side, two wide. That's the difference, right? 
start there. And I don't know that with just the three cars up there, we talked about will Dale Jarrett pull out and make a move on Bill Elliott to try and get the win with only Rusty Wallace behind him. In years past, recently, the configuration of the cars, that's not been enough drafting help to make something happen. New configuration of the cars with the changes to the shock and spring rules and so on. Will Jarrett and Wallace be able to team up and draft by Bill Elliott? Don't know. We're going to find out here in the next four minutes. But I think he'll give him a shot. I think he'll give him a shot. But in years past, that's not enough cars to have made something happen. But we'll see as they come down to the line. That will give them three laps to go for Bill Elliott, Dale Jarrett, and Rusty Wallace, your top three. Run quickly a little further back. Tony Stewart. Stewart still fourth. Mark Martin is fifth. Jeff Gordon is sixth. It's Bobby Labonte seventh. Scott Pruitt eighth. Dale Jarrett's ninth. Ken Schrader make up your top ten. Then Jeremy Mayfield, Robbie Gordon, Terry Labonte, Johnny Benson, and Chad Little. Those cars are in the 500. They're in turn two. Let's go to the tenth place battle now where Ken Schrader rides the high line in turn number two to the inside. They're hooked up nose to tail. Jeremy Mayfield leading the draft there with Robbie Gordon and Johnny Benson helping out. Jeremy Mayfield up to the tenth position. Gets back up in the line just behind ninth place Dale Earnhardt. They're still side by side for 11th. Ken Schrader just to the outside of Robbie Gordon. Robbie Gordon, at least trying something virtually every lap. He goes down low on the banking now. Brings Terry Labonte and Chad Little along with him. Four cars stay to their outside off four. Two laps to go. The leader's already across the stripe. Dale Jarrett laying back a little bit from Bill Elliott. Is he trying to get a run at him in the draft in turn one? Maybe hoping that Rusty Wallace will pull up behind and give him a little bit of help once they get down to the closing laps. For now, Elliott has about a four-car length lead while Rusty Wallace is merely a car link off the rear deck of second place Dale Jarrett. Trio of Fords up at the head of the field, led by the red and yellow machine of Bill Elliott. He's changing lanes on the backstretch, trying to break any attempt at the draft that Dale Jarrett might make. Well, Dale Jarrett now right back to the low side of the track again. He had dropped back a couple of car lanes. He's now back to about a half car length down to Elliott. Rusty Wallace right with them as they head to the white flag. One lap to go for the leaders as they come down to the line. Again, Dale Jarrett about three, four car lengths back of Bill Elliott. Will he make a run on him as they go down to turn number one? Tell you where the real scramble is final lap's going to be. He's going to be back there for about 10th, 11th, but right now let's pick up the leaders in turn one. Front three cars come back into the corner, having to take a little higher line this time because of slower traffic occupying the inside lane. No one shows their hand. Back for the fourth place battle. That stays single file. Fourth back from about the seventh position. Ninth on back, Robbie Gordon has gained a spot. Dale Earnhardt is losing positions. He takes the high line as Jeremy Mayfield goes after him. As Earnhardt stays locked in a side-by-side the leaders work their way off the end of the backstretch with Bill Elliott still in front. If Jarrett has anything, he's got to show it here. He's still a car length down. Elliott off turn four. Looks as though McDonald's is going to serve up another winner. Here comes Bill Elliott into the tri-oval and a return to Daytona's victory lane for the popular Georgia driver. Elliott wins the first of today's Gatorade 125s. One car length over Dale Jarrett with Rusty Wallace right behind him in third. Tony Stewart gets fourth. Mark Martin fifth. Jeff Gordon sixth. Bob Bobby Labonte, seventh. Looks like Scott Pruitt in eighth. Robbie Gordon, ninth. Jeremy Mayfield, tenth. The rest of the transferees are Dale Earnhardt, Ken Schrader, Terry Labonte, Johnny Benson, and Chad Little. Those drivers in the Daytona 500 on Sunday by virtue of their finish in this qualifying race. The streak is over for Earnhardt, and Elliott is a winner at Daytona once again. Let's go to Pit Road. Well, with Kevin Cram, I tell you what, this uh, decision by committee is working out great. Elliott did a great job. Congratulations. This drive through crew is awesome. Mike Ford, myself, Troy Raker. I mean, we're doing good. Guys back at the shop are doing a great job. Bill Elliott, he's the man. He put it out front to start with. 
Never was seriously challenged. Bill Elliott headed to victory lane. And we'll talk with Elliott when he goes down to victory lane along with some of the other cars who will finish up in the top ten. We'll be right back. At the Daytona International Speedway, very popular win among this massive crowd today for one Bill Elliott back in victory lane for the first time in quite some time. Let's hear from him now. He was a dominant driver here in the 80s and early 90s back in victory lane. Bill, congratulations. Well, 2000 started out great. I'll tell you what, this McDonald's crew has done a heck of a job. You know, I said how hard they worked all winter long, and I, this is just a, a, a tribute to what they did. You know, Rusty and, and Dale got behind me and Mark and, and helped me there. You know, my car was just perfect. It, it run right on the bottom. It's the best I had a car drive here in a while. And I knew from the practices the other day that if you get in the back, your car gets tight and it's hard to do anything. And I knew if I could just keep holding them off and, you know, let all them other guys race and let us do what we need to do, we'd be in good shape. And it worked out. It was great. The first lap, you took the lead. Tell us about that down the back straightaway. Well, I was really surprised. I had a, you know, I felt like I had a pretty good start on him. But then what really happened was a couple of the guys kind of got racing. You know, I thought uh, Rusty was going to come with me and then he came down and Mark went up. Helped me a little bit, you know, clear them. And then when I got them cleared, we all just lined up and did what we had to do. But, you know, but that's it. I mean, I'll tell you, this this, this cup race is really hard. And But, you know, this, this is a tribute to these guys. I'm tickled to death for them. As hard as they've worked to get us here today. And, I mean, it's great. You mentioned surprise on the first lap. Were you surprised that DJ and Rusty didn't get a better run on you later on? Well, I knew if I kept them held off for a while, I knew their cars would kind of get to handling Dale, and, and Rusty was having a little bit of problems, so he really couldn't help Dale, and Dale couldn't really do it on his own. So, you know, I felt like I had a pretty good pace, you know, with, with Tony coming on with Ernie and doing the motor stuff. I mean, that's, that seems like all the ingredients we need. You know, we need to just sharpen up our, our pencil and get a little better here as the year starts out, but, uh, yeah, I'm tickled to death with these guys. You told us before the race, if you couldn't win, you just learn whatever you could. What did you learn being out front? Well, being out front is the easiest place to be. It's great. I, it's been so long since I've been there, especially here at Daytona. I, I, I'm, I'm speechless today. But I, I still learn a lot. We, we need to work through our practices come tomorrow afternoon and Saturday, try to get a little bit better. But we've got a car in one piece. We're ready to run the 500. We'll start off in a good position, and I'm ready to go. It's been eight years, but it's like times of old. Bill Elliott back in victory lane wins the first Gatorade Twin 125. Right. And as we said, we came on the air. There is a new enthusiasm and Bill Elliott's team, and they made it pay off for them here today. Let's hear from some more of the top finishers, see if we can get a word with Dale Jarrett. Second place, Dale Jarrett. Did you need a push there at the end? Yeah, I could have used a little push, but uh, I knew that Rusty's car was running hot. He had already radioed and, and let me know that uh, he was running a little warm and, and couldn't get right up to me, and then so I knew it was going to be hard. I kept trying to see where I might make a move on Bill. I kept pedaling back to Rusty a little bit to get just a little bit of a push, but Bill's car was awful good. Uh, congratulations to him, man. That's great to see Bill Elliott back in victory lane. We talked about the 50 laps versus the 25 before the race. Okay, did the car change that much in the 50? Uh, it changed a little bit. We got a little bit tight there at the end, but uh, not bad. I was able to stay wide open, and, and that was the main thing that I wanted to see. I think we can adjust on that just a little bit and uh, get ready to go out on Sunday. Well, I know he wanted to win, but he's satisfied with second. That's Dale Jarrett. Good, solid race for him. Let's see if Rusty Wallace can be caught up with down there. And a solid race for Rusty Wallace. Were you surprised at how easily you and Bill Elliott and Dale Jarrett pulled away from everybody else? No, not really. It wasn't that easy. I, we were running together, and Mark Martin was right on my bump, and we all kind of agreed we are going to stay hooked up and, and kind of get these things going. Then Mark's front end started pushing a little bit, and mine started pushing a little bit, but not near as bad as the rest of the field. And it looks like uh, Bill Elliott had a, a good, solid car, and so did Dale. Jarrett and I did too, but uh, I tell you what, above all, I want to congratulate Bill Elliott. Man, that guy's been way overdue, and he dominated today. He looked great, awesome, and I'm real proud of him. But uh, our 
Miller Lite Ford Taurus was awesome too, and it was strong, and uh, it gives me a lot of hope going into the Daytona 500. Just like to thank the guys back at the engine shop, the fabricators, and everything. They had a good solid car today, and all that work they did during the winter paid off. Dale said you guys tried to maybe make a run on Bill, but your car was maybe running a little too hot. I was running a little bit warm. I was running 235 to 240 on the water, and about 260 on the oil, and just had the front end blocked off a little bit too much, I guess. But I wanted to speed out of it, but. Uh, I tell you what, I don't think we could have got past Bill Elliott. He was strong, and uh, with only three cars lined up, it's pretty hard to do that. A great day for Rusty Wallace. He comes home third. Take a break and hear from more of the top finishers in today's first Gatorade 125 and get the lineup in place for the second race. Back at Daytona International Speedway, let's go down to the 76 gas pumps where fourth place Tony Stewart is with our Jim Phillips. And walking along here with Tony Stewart, uh, fourth place, learn a lot. Yeah, I learned the car isn't going to be as stable as what I thought it was going to be. But, uh, you know, the guys did a really good job. His car still drove good all day. Just, uh, and I think we're just best in class today right now. We're not sure what we got to do to, to catch those first three cars, but uh, we need a, a solid two-tenths right now. You talked about cars moving around up in front of you a little bit earlier. What did that make your car do? Did it make, upset your car quite a bit? Well, when cars moving around in front of us, it's just our car was moving around. Um, you know, we had to move around on the racetrack, and, you know, I, I got following Mark, and my car started getting pretty uh, pretty nervous. So we started moving around on the racetrack and found a spot that worked. And, uh, you know, Mark followed suit, so we both got going again. And uh, the problem was we were running a real long way around there, and the, the pack caught us. And, uh, you know, he was holding us up a little bit off of four and and uh, just, you know, thought that with Jeff coming as hard as he was coming, it was time to try to go on by and, and not get hung out and lose three spots to try to gain a spot doing it. So, uh, you know, I didn't want to hang Mark out like that, and I'm glad he got to tuck back in. I just, uh, you know, didn't want to hang him out, but at the same time didn't want to get myself hung out at the same time. Do you feel better, though, with 50 more laps under your belt? Yeah, I feel like we've got a direction that we can go in now. Um, we know kind of what we're looking for, and, and um, you know, it was a good – That's this is exactly the way we wanted. We wanted 50 straight laps of racing, and uh, we wanted the sun to be out so it would be hot and, and be slippery, and, you know, that's what we got today. So uh, we at least got this race as a base, and we'll be able to work for work for the rest of the weekend, uh, you know, off the bases that we learned today. Tony Stewart, fourth place in the first Gatorade 125 qualifier. Got a good piece of information today for all the teams that were in this first Gatorade 125. Chad Little squeezed in in 15th position, barely to make it into the transfer spot. Let's see if we can get a word with him. Well, when we talked to him before the race, we talked about the point situation kind of on the bubble. You landed on up on the right side of the bubble. Congratulations. Tell us about your run. Well, we were, uh, of course, very nervous before the race started. As uh, you know, I had the little interview there and and said all we wanted is the John Deere Ford to come home in fifteenth, uh, and that's where we are. So uh, the nervousness is over now. and get ready to race, and the car was actually pretty good the last uh, few laps, uh, the last you know half of the race. And we were just in a pack where I was just happy to be where I was, and just you know let's not let anything happen. I was a little worried about the guys dicing it up in front. I didn't understand quite why we were doing that, but uh, nonetheless, everyone made it, and it's a it's a good day for John Deere and for Roush Racing, and uh, I hope the second race goes as well too. Talking about dicing it up, heard Eli talk about you picking up a few spots there, and then you drop back. Did the car have a little bit more in it? Yeah, the car was actually uh, a little bit better than uh, than where I was, uh, but, you know, every time I'd get a little anxious and want to pass somebody, uh, Hammond, our crew chief, would come over the radio and, and uh, remind me what position we were in that I better just settle down, so I did. And, uh, it's hard, you know, when you're out there and you get a good run on somebody and, and you're, you're going through the corners a little bit better that, uh, you know, you want to move forward, but uh, I guess, you know, Jeff's been around longer than I have, and uh, his savvy was, uh, just settle down, young man, you're okay. <laughs> uh, the racer in him wanted to come out, but the brain in him said, let's stay here, we're in the race, and he is. 
And for Dale Earnhardt, today the end of uh, an, a remarkable streak of accomplishment here at Daytona. He had not lost a Gatorade 125 since 1989. Looked like he was going to do pretty well at the start. He moved up quickly today from uh, the starting position that he had on the field up into the top five or six, but then kind of fell back to an 11th place finish in the final laps. Let's see if Marty Snyder's caught up with Dale Earnhardt. Oh, well, we attempted to catch up with Dale Earnhardt, uh, who was, uh, let's say, not in the mood to talk. Very unhappy with today's race. He said the longer he drove, the worse his car got. It pushed and pushed worse, and uh, he was not very happy with uh, with his situation. And uh, ever the politicker, he uh, said Chevrolets are at a definite disadvantage this week, but that's Dale Earnhardt's uh, quote, and uh, he has gone on to his motor coach. All right, plenty so. of time to get things straightened out, though, between now and Sunday. They will need to do some work. That is uh, for certain. Earnhardt was not uh, performing, certainly up to the optimistic uh, attitude that he had before the race today. Uh, didn't turn out to be quite as good a run for Dale. And again, he finished 11th in the Gatorade 125. So Bill Elliott has won it. We'll have a look at the final rundown from today's race and turn our attention to race number two when we come back to Daytona in a minute. Back at the Daytona International Speedway, halftime. I guess we could call it. We're in between today's two Gatorade. 125s. The first over, just won by Bill Elliott. Let's take a look at how they finished. Elliott is the winner. Dale Jarrett will run second. Rusty Wallace finished third. Tony Stewart came home in fourth place. Mark Martin finished fifth. Jeff Gordon was sixth. Give Bobby Labonte seventh. Scott Pruitt, great run for the rookie driver. He finishes eighth. Robbie Gordon, another one of the rookies, will finish ninth. Jeremy Mayfield came home in tenth place. Dale Earnhardt finishes eleventh to break his streak of ten in a row here. Ken Schrader finished twelfth. 13th will go to Terry Labonte, Johnny Benson 14th, Chad Little was 15th, and that's all those drivers make it into the Daytona 500. Wally Dollenback finished 16th, Sterling Marlin 17th, Kyle Petty 18th, Jeffrey Bodine ran 19th, Mike Bliss was 20th, Jim Sauter 21st, Stacey Compton 22nd, Kenny Wallace 23rd, Darrell Waltrip 24th, Jeff Fuller 25th, then came Carl Long in 26th, Brett Bodine 27th, and Bobby Gerhardt in 28th. Now, just because a driver was below the transfer spot does not mean he is not in the Daytona 500. We have to wait till we run the second of the Gatorade 125s and then go down through the time trial speeds and the provisionals from last year's final owner points before we can figure out who will get positions 31 through 43. But those drivers who were on the bubble without a good time trial speed or with no or low owner points from last season could be in trouble if they did not make the cut in that race or this next one upcoming. So congratulations to Bill Elliott and his team and let us now turn our attention to race number two. Another 28 drivers set to go. The field of cars for this one gridded back inside the NASCAR Winston Cup Series garage. Our reporters have made their way back to the machines now and let's hear from some of those drivers before they roll out onto the racetrack. Starting with the man who will be on the pole for this race, Ricky Rudd qualifying in the outside of the front row for the Daytona 500 last Saturday in Bud Pole qualifying. Regardless of what happened in the race upcoming. He is going to start on the outside of the front row for the 500. Hopefully for him, <laughs> this race won't end like the Bud Shootout did on Sunday afternoon. Jim Phillips is with Ricky Rudd now. Well, I'll guarantee he doesn't want it to end like that, but Ricky Rudd, can you learn by watching the first race, or do you have to talk to your teammates and see what the characteristics of these cars are? Well, Jim, we just need to get out here and run some ourselves. That's what we're going to use this race for is a good tune-up race. Sure, we'd love to be able to win it, but uh, I think the key is if you can stay out front as much as you can, keep good air going to these cars. Uh, uh, it looked like everyone, it looked like Ford and Chevy and Pontiac, everybody started pushing all but a couple of cars, and uh, the ones that, that don't push or get extremely loose are gonna, are, will be the cars that eventually end up at the front of the pack. You've been in a lot of different situations here at Daytona, but how do you approach this race when you know you've got a spot secured on the outside front row? 
I don't know. I haven't ever hardly been in that position before. But, you know, the main thing is just I watched that race a while ago. Everybody really used their head. They didn't run these three wide packs. Uh, they let the racing settle down. And if the second group does it, uh, then we'll have a, a, a great day. And everyone, you know, the good cars will come to the front and the, the cars that aren't handling will go to the back. We hope we just get to be able to, to race the entire race under green flag conditions. I think everybody, that's all they hope for. That's the best test. 50 laps of green flag racing here in the second qualifier. And it'll be getting underway very shortly. Mike Skinner will go off from the second position after a good, strong qualifying run here on Saturday. Mike's only run four of these Gatorade races in his career. His finish has been pretty good, and most of them a second, a third, and a fifth. But Mike Skinner gets in that race car for one thing, to win. Let's get his thoughts. Marty Snyder is there. And he would like to do that today. Barney with a fourth fastest qualifying time starts second today's second race. And you said you got every inch of this thing to qualify fourth, but is it good enough to win this Gatorade 125 this afternoon? You know, I don't know. We'll just have to find out. It didn't look like the uh, Chevy's fared too well in the last one, but, uh, you know, this low Chevy's been awfully strong ever since we've been here, and, uh, you know, we'll find out here in a little while. You know, uh, Mike Helton told us in the driver's meeting that this shock deal, uh, they're going to look at it, and they're going to get some feedback from drivers, and you know, make a decision on what we need to do for the 500. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he's getting a lot of input right now. Hopefully we can uh, make it exciting for the fans one way or the other. I know they'll do something to make it exciting. Your teammate was one of the drivers in the last race. He especially was saying his car got really tight the longer he ran. Did you guys do anything to this car, uh, maybe some air pressure changes to help you out early in this race? Not really. Uh, this car has been pretty good. And, um, you know, it might push really bad all day, but... Uh, it's, it's been pretty good, and we made a lot of adjustments the last couple of days. We actually went out and ran 125 miles, and uh, the car was pretty good. So if it stays that good today, I think we'll be all right. Well, he finished second in his first ever Twin 125. Today he'll start second. That's Mike Skinner. Dave Blaney had a great qualifying run the other day here in Bud Pole Time Trials. He starts fifth in his first attempt at a Gatorade 125. The driver who will run for Rookie of the Year, the Ray Bestest Rookie Honors in the 2000 campaign, has six Winston Cup starts to his credit. His best finish was a 23rd down at the Homestead Miami Speedway last November. Now, that number a little deceiving because, by all accounts, Blaney acquitted himself very well in those previous Winston Cup starts. Let's talk about starting up front in a Gatorade 125 today with Dave Blaney. And we go back to Jim Phillips. Let's first talk about the car. Uh, at one point yesterday, the car did not look too well. Now it, uh, the right side looks black like it's supposed to. Yeah, it's good shape. It was just body damage. I don't, uh, I don't think it hurt it any. Well, he did have an accident, and he had a lot of help to uh, correct that situation, work on this car. Yeah, we had so much sprint car buddies over here uh, working on it, and just everybody pitched in, got it done pretty quick, got it painted, and uh, like I said, I'm sure it's good to go. Okay, this is a drafting situation where you need experience. What do you expect to learn in this race? Well, I hope I learn a lot. Uh, you know, I hope I can I can run with Ward here and, and Jeff Burton, and I uh, hope I can just get in line and not make too many mistakes that gets me thrown out of the draft. So I just want to uh, stick in line and uh, get all we can get, but uh, not make any mistakes with this thing. So not making mistakes. That's what he's looking for in the second Gatorade 125. And Robert Presley will be starting sixth in this race. Robert's been impressive even during winter testing. Came down here very strong all winter. Jumped out in the first practice session. Ran quick. Qualified good. He should be ready. Let's find out. Marty Snyder's with him. Well, it's been a great week for Robert Presley thus far with the 12th fastest qualifying speed. Is the car as good in a pack as it obviously was by itself last Saturday? You know, that's one thing we've been trying to do all week is just run the car, you know, long runs the last three days. And, you know, it's not bad, but just like the first qualifying race, it's a first time 
they run 50 straight laps or 25, and I've seen them really start breaking up after 15, 20 laps. So it's going to be interesting. You know, this Jasper Ford Taurus has been real good. Uh, we just hope uh, we can be around there at the end of the race to maybe have a shot at a real decent run. You know, we're pretty much in the race, but this is a big trial for the Daytona 500. we got a lot of Pontiacs and Chevrolet in our race, very few Fords, so that could be a little difficult. Lots of new crew members led by new crew chief Ryan Pemberton. How quickly has this team gelled? Well, I, I think any gelling uh, made us accelerate pretty quick. Uh, Ryan, I mean, man, he just come in here, you know, after Atlanta last year, put an organization together, you know, had a – is more just uh, getting the uh, – what he wanted, how he wanted to run things, and now we're just now getting started on race cars. We've only got a rock – I mean, a Rockingham and Vegas car built right now, so we're a little behind on race cars, but every one we got is going to be right. Well, with some great horsepower under the hood. Robert Presley will start sixth today. 457 radio stations in 46 states carrying Motor Racing Network's coverage of the Gatorade 125s today. We appreciate all of their support on this weekday afternoon broadcast. A lot of new affiliates joining us for the 2000 season. At the Daytona International Speedway, closing in on the start of the second of today's Gatorade 125s. A few moments ago, we talked with some of the drivers qualified up at the front of the field. Now let's go toward the back and hear from some of those who may be in a little more dire straits in terms of their chances to get in to the Great American Race. Kevin LePage starts 20th in this event. Final point standings last year. He was 25th in the owner points. That's kind of on the bubble. 41st on the time trial sheet from Saturday. Winston Kelly is with Kevin LePage now. Well, in a very similar situation is his teammate Chad Little who just made it in to the Daytona 500 finishing 15th. It kind of looks like you got to race your way in. How you feel about your chances? Well, Winston, I can't say enough for Pat Trison and all the guys on this Northern Light uh, Ford Taurus this week. We didn't do well in qualifying the other day, but they've worked really hard and we found some speed yesterday afternoon and we're really optimistic that uh, we'll be able to race our way in. We had a little help from those guys, finding out what their cars are doing. They're running a little warm. They were a little tight. We made just a couple of air pressure adjustments and some tape just before this race starts, and we'll have to race our way in. In what type of areas did you find some speed throughout the week? Well, we've just been working with weights and, uh, you know, some spring combinations in the front and some sway bars. And, uh, you know, we've just been working, trying to find out what this Taurus wants. And uh, we think we hit on something. We'll find out here in a little bit. If recent history is any indicator, Kevin LePage will be in the race. He's finished ninth and seventh the last couple of years. Rolls off 20th, but don't look for him to stay there. Elliot Sadler was in the same boat. He'll be starting 23rd this afternoon. It marks only the second Gatorade 125 start for Elliot Sadler. Now, this driver for the Wood Brothers team, they feel like this year can get everything turned around the way they need to go. Let's see how he feels about the qualifying race today. He's with Jim Phillips. And he said the calculating has started, Barney, uh, calculating where he has to go and what he has to do. But the main thing is 14th to get in this uh, Daytona 500 because you think you're on the bubble, right? Yeah, we feel like we're on the bubble after what uh, what took place in the first race. But uh, definitely this Sitco Ford has been very fast the last few days uh, in draft and practice. Didn't qualify like we wanted to. Have to start a little back. But very happy the way the car is running. Just uh, need a little lady luck on our side that we want to kick off this 50th anniversary the right way. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that starting today. Saw a lot of patience in that first race. Uh, do you expect the same out of this group of guys you're around? Well, I hope so. You know, uh, the first race had a lot of champions in it, a lot of winners. Uh, probably a little bit uh, less experience in this race, but maybe the guys will use their heads. Uh, 50 laps is a long time here around Daytona Speedway, especially with the 
the handling that everybody's been going through this week. So if everybody uses their head, we should have a good, safe race for the fans today. And he said he wanted to go 50 green flag laps. He's starting in the same spot that Chad Little started in in the first race, 23rd. Alongside Elliott Sadler is Greg Sachs, who has had a tough week here at Daytona. The former winner of the Pepsi 400 was involved in a practice crash the other day, and the team he is with here did not have a backup car, but they have obtained one. They have had very limited time on the track in which to try and work it out and get their setup right, get Greg comfortable. His only chance, since this team has no owner points from last year and is well down the time trial speed sheet in 50th spot, his only chance is to race from 24th starting position into the top 15 over these next 50 laps. Let's hear from Greg Sachs now. We go to Marty Snyder. Well, in a long week for Greg Sachs comes to this with a Morgan McClure car that you borrowed for them, a Sabco engine. What do you feel about your chances to make the Daytona 500? Well, I feel with the support behind us, we've got a real good shot. I tell you, Island Oasis has really uh, uh, been a great sponsor to go out and get the support from uh, McClure and from Sapco. And I really feel fortunate to have friends like that that will step up and help us when we needed it. Did you get enough practice in this, uh, in this particular car, Greg? Well, not really. We only made about five laps. The car's a little tight. So it really puts me behind the eight ball starting this race because I have to really take the first few laps to feel this car out. I'm not going to jump into any dangerous situations. You're not going to feel it out and be right to everybody else. Only five laps of practice in this car. That's a tough order to follow for Greg Sachs today. He has to race his way in. As you mentioned, Alan, he will start 24th. They're about 30 seconds away from firing the engines for the second of today's Gatorade 125s. We'll have the green flag, plus a look at the starting lineup in just a minute. Second field round for the Gatorade 125 is just pulled on the racetrack. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Back in 28th position is Norm Benning in the Sobe Chevrolet. Dan Pardis will start the DM Motorsport Chevrolet from 27th. Andy Hillenberg starts 26th. He'll be driving the KMC Telecom Chevrolet. The SportCut.com forward with Stanton Barrett will start 25th. Greg Sachs goes in the Island Oasis Chevrolet from 24th. 23rd starter will be Elliott Sadler in the Sitco Ford. Dave Marcus, hoping to make the Daytona 500. He starts 22nd in the Realtree Camouflage Chevrolet. And the Midwest Transit Chevrolet with Ricky Craven is 21st. Kevin LePage goes from 20th position in the Northern Light Ford. Ed Barrier starting 19th in the Hills Brothers Ford. 18th is Derek Cope. In his Ford, 17th starter, Bobby Hamilton in the Kodak Film Chevrolet. 16th, Jerry Nadeau in the MichaelHolligan.com Chevrolet with Jimmy Spencer, 15th in the big Kmart Ford. 14th is Matt Kenseth in the DeWalt Tools Ford with Steve Park lined up 13th in the Pennzoil Chevrolet. 12th is Michael Waltrip in the Nation's Rent Chevrolet. And the Budweiser Chevy of Dale Earnhardt Jr. starts 11th. Rick Mass will be the 10th starter. He's in the Big Daddy's Barbecue Sauce Chevrolet. The Oakwood Home Chevrolet with Joe Nemechek starts in 9th, the 8th starter, Kenny Irwin, the Bell South Chevrolet. Jeff Burton will be the seventh position. Exide Batteries Ford starting in sixth. Robert Presley, he's in the Jasper Engines Ford. The Amico Pontiac with Dave Blaney goes from fifth. Fourth starter, make that John Andretti in the STP Cheerios Pontiac. The Caterpillar Pontiac with Ward Burton will start third. Front row, outside pole, Mike Skinner in the Lowe's Chevrolet. And the Texaco Haviland Ford with Ricky Rudd will start from the number one position. A little bit over a lap away from the green flag in the second of today's Gatorade 125s. Tom Fox from Gatorade has joined us here in the booth. Longtime sponsorship of these races for Gatorade, Tom, and another great day. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Alan. It sure was a great day to see Bill Elliott uh, get back into victory lane after being away for so long, and uh, it's a beautiful day, a lot of race fans, and we couldn't be happier for Bill. Gatorade's been involved with NASCAR racing so heavily for so long, and you keep coming back. Uh, I assume it's continuing to do the job for you. 
It's doing uh, everything we could ever imagine it to do and, and more. You know, NASCAR fans are, excuse me, NASCAR drivers are, are athletes, uh, and there isn't an athlete out there that loses more fluids and needs Gatorade more than the NASCAR driver. So uh, I think you'll see Gatorade around here for at least another 24 years. Gatorade's history with this sport goes back a long, long way. You're associated with many levels of NASCAR racing, just not the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Yes, we have a, a program all across NASCAR as the official sports drink of NASCAR uh, and an award program that honors uh, the drivers on the, on the front runner program across all divisions. So uh, we are a longtime sponsor and involved all across the sport, and we couldn't be happier. Tom, we appreciate all the support over the years today as well here at Daytona. Look forward to a great 2000 season with Gatorade. Thanks, Alan. Tom Fox with Gatorade here at the Gatorade 125s at Daytona. Boy, as long as I can remember, Barney, there's been a Gatorade car or sponsorship or something around the sport of NASCAR racing and this track in particular and it just keeps rolling on. They've been in it a long, long time. Used to look forward to seeing that Gatorade car when Darrell Waltrip drove for them a long, long time ago. Down to racing right now. Field is working their way to the west end of the racetrack. They will go green next time by for the second of the Gatorade 125s. Get a quick report again from our turn reporters. Joe Moore from Hampton, Virginia, still over in turn two. Barney, in the first race, we didn't see any real dramatic moves being made down here at turns one and two. What we did see was practically all the lanes being utilized. Some of the drivers complained of cars not handling properly. Some of those guys took the high side of the racetrack right up against the outside wall. Other guys down around the midway part of the banking. It seems like most of the passes were made down on the inside lane when drafts would form up and they could get something going once they exited turn number two. It's later in the day now. The racetrack is a little bit warmer, maybe a little slippier. We'll see if possibly some other lanes are utilized, some other methods of making passes here today. Down the other end of the back straightaway, covering the Gatorade 125s for Motor Racing Network today, Altamont, Illinois' Kurt Becker. And, Alan, one thing we learned in the first race this afternoon, the backstretch can kind of be a place of transition on this speedway. What often begins in turn two can end on the back straightaway. Likewise, passes that begin at the midpoint of the backstretch sometimes don't end until well back into the corner in turns three and four. We expect to see a lot of double and three-wide racing once again on this end of the racetrack. And Eli Gold still up in turn four. And, Barney, it's basically what Joe was saying at his end of the speedway. Same thing here in race number one. Basically, routine racing. And routine can be good, especially in a race like this where you're having to earn your way into the Daytona 500. But still, if push comes to shove... This is the area of the racetrack where the pushing usually comes to shoving. Your last chance to make that move to get into the, the Daytona 500, that last ditch effort will come off the corner. But again, by virtue of race number one, it was very much a routine end of the speedway, and it gave us some good, solid, and clean racing. If you weren't with us at the very top of our broadcast, Eli told us he was bronzing his Adonis-like body in the beautiful Florida sunshine today, and I, for one, am fortunate that I can't see that from here at the start-finish line. <laughs> There's not that much sunshine either. Pace car heads for pit road. 28 drivers set to go in the second of today's Gatorade 125s. Ricky Rudd and Mike Skinner lead him to the green. Down to the line, a Ford and a Chevrolet on row one. A good mix at the front of the field. A couple of Pontiacs back in row two. Green is in the air. They head for turn number one. Pretty much they did the same way they did in the first race. Nobody pulling out to pass. Going to take a while to get those restrictor plate motors wound up. They're in turn two. Calmly coming up to speed, side by side for the first time as they climb the banking of turn number one. Now Ricky Rudd finds the gas pedal, gets on it hard, pulls out in front of Mike Skinner. He'll lead off turn number two. Skinner quickly falls back in line behind him in the second spot. Ricky Rudd moves out to the point. Nothing but clear racetrack ahead of him. They're still stacked up double wide from second position on back. Mike Skinner now goes to second. Ward Burton right behind him. 
as it was in race number one. A Ford leads the show. You've got a Chevrolet in second for Skinner. The Pontiac for Ward Burton running third to the inside of another Pontiac for John Andretti. Fifth is Dave Blaney. Off turn four for the first time. Back into the trioval. Rudd and Skinner out front by themselves. Single file. Double wide. Third on back. Ward Burton and John Andretti side by side there. Dave Blaney tucked tightly in behind as the field works its way back into turn one. Burton gets a push from his teammate Dave Blaney just behind him. Gets a nose out in front of John Andretti. But now Andretti pulls even once again. This is the race for the third spot. Blaney down to the inside, hoping for help from the other Burton, Jeff, who's just behind him. Here's John Andretti in the outside lane, trying to work his way back up into third position. And Robert Presley latches right on to John Andretti's back bumper. They'll try and work the high side of the racetrack. Andretti's Pontiac pulls okay, but he leaves Presley behind. Momentarily, they thought about going three wide off the corner. Cooler heads prevail. They had serious thoughts about getting three wide there for just a moment. The leader, single five by himself. Second place on back is in jeopardy right now. Mike Skinner to the inside. John Andretti to the outside. They do get three wide back for fifth place, and they get down to business in turn one. Here comes Joe Nemechek diving down to the apron of the racetrack, trying to clear the car of Dave Blaney, who, as you recall, last lap was racing for the second and third spot. Blaney right in the middle of the racetrack, continuing to lose positions while Ricky Rudd leads by three car lengths. And they're side by side again for the second position. John Andretti up on the high side of the racetrack trying to get around Mike Skinner. But Skinner is strong down low in turn three. Boy, that Chevy is honking down low. Skinner grabs second. It is three wide behind them with Derek Cope having to give just a little bit to make it safely to the corner. The leaders are off the turn. The Gatorade 125 setting the starting field for the 42nd Daytona 500. Underway at the Daytona International Speedway Motor Racing Network with live coverage for you. Bill Elliott won the first race. The second race is three and a half laps old. The field's on the backstretch. It's Ricky Rudd out front, but Mike Skinner is giving chase. And Ricky Rudd has a rearview mirror. He knows what's going on behind him. He wants to get gone. It is Skinner right behind him. Again, three wide further back around 12th spot. Matt Kenseth was in the transfer spot back at about 15th position a moment ago. That may have changed. We had a little swapping around going down the back straightaway. It is still Ricky Rudd at the front of the field, and now we're seeing a trend develop much as we saw in the first race here, Joe Moore, as they move down to turn number one. Single car racing, trying to get away from everybody else. Front five cars have broken away. They're all in a line. Single file from six on back. That's where they're stacked up double wide. Big loser in recent laps, Dave Blaney. He's gone all the way back to about the 15th or 16th position, continuing to lose spots here on the back straightaway. Top five continue to go single file, but about eight more car lengths to Robert Presley in sixth, and Joe Nemechek races up in the seventh. Kenny Irwin goes in the eighth spot now. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is ninth. Michael Waltrip runs tenth. Eleventh belongs to Jerry Nadeau. Derek Colt is twelfth. Kenseth, thirteenth. Park is fourteenth. Fifteenth is Hillenburg. Back into the trial with a five-car breakaway at the head of the second Gatorade 125. The drivers are Ricky Rudd, Mike Skinner, Ward Burton, John Andretti, and Jeff Burton. Five of 50 laps are complete. The field in the second Gatorade 125 is broken up into three packs. A group of five, then another group of six, make it seven cars, and then the pack. Somewhere in the middle of that pack is the 15th and final transfer spot Transfer spot, rather, into the Daytona 500. And right around that transfer spot would be one Dave Marcus, the 58-year-old veteran looking to make his 33rd consecutive start in the Great American Race, who has basically few options but to get 15th or higher in this qualifying race 
He's getting the job done right now. He's been hanging in there very strong. Been drafting real tight to stay up there. Here he comes behind Steve Park just a car length back right now. While there's a pretty good door-to-door battle scrambling back there behind him. And Dave Marcus has indeed worked himself up into 15th position over to turn two. Dave Marcus working the banking now. Coming back into the corner. Trying to catch up to the draft of the car just ahead of him. Which is the Steve Park machine. Further back you've got Dave Blaney regaining some of the lost ground. And Matt Kenseth falling back behind him. Racing onto the backstretch. All the while the leader single file through the first 10 cars racing into turn three. The front five together, Ricky Rudd, then Mike Skinner, Ward Burton runs in third, Andretti, and then Jeff Burton. Then the second pack coming off the corner. They're being paced right now by the Robert Presley machine. It is Presley, Nemechek, Irwin, Michael Waltrip, Jerry Nadeau, then Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's kind of tagging along at the end of that group with Derek Culp a couple of car lengths behind. Then you fall a little farther back to Rick Mast in 13th who heads the next draft of cars as they race into turn number one. Steve Park rides behind Rick Mast. Park riding along in the 14th spot. Here comes Dave Marcus challenging for that position as Park goes a little wide in the corner. Dave Marcus drives it all the way to the bottom of the racetrack. Pulls even with Park's machine off turn two. Marcus and Park stay side by side contesting the 14th position all the way down the back stretch. Marcus has no help. Everyone else stacking up behind Steve Park. That's for the final transfer spot. Matt Kenseth goes high. He'll join the battle there while Marcus stays low. Dave Blaney's in that mix. So is Elliot Sadler off four. While all that's going on, that five-car breakaway a moment ago had a little breathing room, and all of a sudden it's gone. Robert Presley has brought that seven-car choo-choo train, and they're chasing down the front five in turn one. Closing it even more now with that about five to seven car lengths as they come back to turn number one. The second pack of cars now four strong, trying to chase down the five machines in the front draft. Coming off turn number two, again Presley leads Joe Nemechek and Kenny Irwin trying to chase down the front five. And in their effort, they all stay single file trying to catch the lead pack of cars. The leader, Ricky Rudd, works his way back to the corner. And unlike race number one today where the leaders pulled away and got gone, here the second group is chasing them down. That front group of five will become one group of nine and shortly a group of twelve. As long as they all stay single file and use the draft to try and catch up. If anybody gets impatient, you slow down a whole bunch when you're running side by side versus what you do single file in the draft. 12 laps complete. Leaders head for turn one. Ricky Rudd still leads the way with Mike Skinner riding behind him. Skinner takes a little bit higher line momentarily. Gets back in line quickly though. Ward Burton rides along behind him in third. Fourth, you've got the John Andretti machine and Jeff Burton behind him in fifth. And then Robert Presley rides in the sixth position. Joe Nemechek is seventh behind him. Kenny Irwin still holds down the eighth spot. He's just in front of Michael Waltrip. They're all racing off the back stretch. Michael is in ninth. Dale Earnhardt Jr. runs tenth now. Eleventh spot begins to tighten in with Jerry Nadeau there. Eleventh, but rather twelfth position is Derek Colt. Then you drop further back. You've got that scramble for that last transfer spot being led right now by Rick Mann. Dave Marcus got shuffled out of that spot a moment ago. David fallen back to eighteenth position. He's struggling right now to get himself back in line and pick up some drafting help and work his way back up there to get a start spot in the Daytona 500. A moment ago it was a five car breakaway. They've got a lot of company in turn two. That second pack we told you about has caught the first pack so suddenly now you've got about 12 cars all nose the tail racing up front. The shuffle further back. We told you Dave Marcus lost the draft. He's fallen back to 18th. The big gainer now Andy Hillenberg as he moves by Marcus off turn two. Still single file through the first dozen cars waiting to see who's going to step out of line. 
only group out of line right now, Elliot Sadler climbing the banking of turn number three. Elliot works down low to the inside of Dave Blaney. Jimmy Spencer is also there. Mr. Excitement beginning to rumble off the corner. It has been all Ricky Rudd so far in the second Gatorade 125. Started on the pole, held off the outside front row starter Mike Skinner the first lap around to take the lead, and he continues to pace the field at lap 14. They Here go they off into turn one. Single file back into turn number one, occupying the inside lane. Good racing going on. About to 13th, 14th on back. Rick Mass leads that pack. The car's behind him, taking a higher line. That is Steve Park and Matt Kenseth peeking to the outside, thinking better of it, though, falling back in line. Single file. Mast running in the 13th position now comes off the end of the back straightaway. Steve Park is back up in line behind him, and then comes Matt Kenseth in 15th. Everybody single file. Leaders come off the corner. Ricky Rudd shows the way. They're bearing down on what will be a left car near the start-finish line. There are 12 cars up in that lead draft. They're all running nose to tail. There's about another oh, 10 or 12 in that second pack of traffic as they come down to the line. 15 laps on the board. Ricky Rudd, Mike Skinner, Ward Burton, John Andretti, your top four. Then come Jeff Burton, Robert Presley, Joe Nemechek, Kenny Irwin, Michael Waltrip, and Dale Earnhardt Jr., 10th. Over to turn two. Practically the entire field now, Barney, running single file, occupying about the same position on the racetrack. Only a few cars taking a higher line and only one racing down the bottom lane. That is Elliot Sandler. He seems to favor the low side here in turns one and two. Still no one making a move on race leader Ricky Rudd. He's in turn three. And among those lead machines, they're all staying as low on the racetrack as possibly can. Robert Presley looks a couple of inches higher middle of the pack, but otherwise everybody handling well. Things are tight for the transfer spot. There are seven cars in a group right now, all nose to tail. And in the middle of that seven cars, third back from the front of that group, is the 15th and final position. Rick Mast, Steve Park, and Matt Kenseth, nose to tail in 13th, 14th, and 15th. Then Jimmy Spencer and Dave Blaney in 16th and 17th, tagging along behind. Ed Barrier just behind Dave Blaney, riding along in the 18th position. Andy Hillenberg is 19th. And Dave Marcus now rallies back to the 20th spot. And no one there really close enough to one another to try to make any moves right now. All the leaders go wide on the backstretch this time by to get around the slower car of Norm Benning. The leaders are in three. Everybody goes back up the banking and again only Robert Presley rides a little high. Could it cost him this time? Well, Jimmy Spencer had an idea to try and bypass him to the inside. So too did Joe Nemechek, but neither can. They're about to put 17 laps on the board. There will be 33 to go in the second Gatorade 125 as Ricky Rudd leads them down to turn number one. Daytona, no change up front. At lap 20 of his second Gatorade 125, Ricky Rudd continues to lead. Mike Skinner, Ward Burton, John Andretti, and Jeff Burton, but the transfer position has changed hands. Jimmy Spencer has gotten around Matt Kenseth, and they're mixing it up for 15th in turn one. Three wide, as a matter of fact, with Steve Park hanging on to the spot, Dave Blady in the middle of the racetrack, and Andy Hillenberg diving all the way to the bottom, making the three-wide move. Now it's between Hillenberg and Park. They're side-by-side off, too. Still side-by-side all the way down the back stretch. Park Shoots out in front of Andy Hillenberg. Hillenberg gets back up in the line, chasing Steve Park. Dave Marcus is at the back of that pack. So, too, is Dave Blaney. Blaney is on the low side of the track, running by his lonesome. The high side is that four-car draft of Park, Hillenberg, along with Barrier and Marcus. Meanwhile, that breakaway we talked about a moment ago, a little racing going on now for about fifth place as they work their way back down in the corner. Joe Nemechek had his hands full, holding on to seventh spot a moment ago. Let's follow that one to turn two. Nemechek got a challenge there from Kenny Irwin. Robert Presley also in the mix, and Presley's going to be the big loser because 
he went to the high side. Everybody else went low, and Presley's going to lose four spots. Robert Presley falls all the way back into the ninth position. Kenny Irwin moves by to the inside. Michael Waltrip goes to eight. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is on the charge now. And I'm not so sure that Presley just went to the high side because at this end of the speedway, turn three and four, that's where he's been running all afternoon long, either by choice if the car's comfortable or else he just can't stay on the low side of the track. Here they come into the trial now, so mixing up farther back in the top ten. Here's Michael Waltrip popping up to the outside of Kenny Irwin. That is a challenge for the seventh spot. Waltrip picks up the position. Now Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the move, trying to get eighth away from Irwin as they head for one. Dale Jr. gets the eighth position. Now Robert Presley settles in line behind them in the ninth spot. Next up, you've got the machine of uh, Kenny Irwin down to the inside of the track. He and Derek Cope going at it. But Cope now swings around in front of him off two. Derek Cope now takes over the tenth position with that move onto the backstretch and that will drop Kenny Irwin back to 11th. The first 11 cars all running single file. And Derek Cope doing himself a fine job picking the high side, picking the low side, working his way through traffic, having to race his way into the Daytona 500. Rudd is the leader. Kenny Irwin dropping back a little bit. We'll get a report out of his pit here in just a moment as they come back down the line. It has been Ricky Rudd since they put him under green. Mike Skinner hangs right with him. He'll bury from a half a car length back to a foot or so on his bumper. And now the breakaway all the way back through the top eight. Little racing going on from ninth place on back. Back in the ninth position. That is side by side now with Robert Presley taking the high lane. Another car taking advantage. It is Derek Cope on the move. He swings to the low side of the track. Pulls out in front of Robert Presley to grab the spot. Still door to door racing for the ninth position on the outside. Robert Presley help now on the outside lane in the form of Kenny Irwin. So Presley moves back by to take over the ninth position. They climb back up the banking again, but that battle is not over. Though while Presley pulls away, Derek Cope will enjoy the battle with Kenny Irwin. Cope down low, Irwin slides a bit higher. They're still battling off the corner. They come down to the trioval now. 24 laps complete. Halfway next time by the leaders across the stripe, continuing to be paced by one Ricky Rudd. Rudd, Skinner, Ward, Burton, John Andretti, Jeff Burton off into the corner. Those are their top five cars back in the sixth spot now as they come back into the corner. That is Joe Nemechek riding along there in sixth. Seventh is Michael Waltrip. Eighth now Dale Earnhardt Jr. The ninth position belonging to Robert Presley. Tenth is Kenny Irwin. And then behind them running in the eleventh position as they work their way down the back stretch is Derek Cope. This time by no one steps out of line. Ricky Rudd takes him to turn three. They work further back now. You'll go to the 13th, 14th, 15th position. Everything for the moment staying single file off the low side of the racetrack now as here comes that battle. 13th spot being held by Jerry Nadeau. Jimmy Spencer in 14th. Kenseth 15th and closing his mast in 16th. Down to the bottom of the racetrack is where the not really the quick lane has been for Derek Cope as he tries to work his way up a little bit closer to the front of the field also. Why don't we get a couple of reports off from pit road right now as the race is kind of stabilized at least up through the top 15. Let's go down to Marty Snyder. Well, Kevin LePage was having a little bit of trouble earlier. He said to us before the race, they thought they had found something to make their car go, but he's struggling back in the 26th position right now. He says the car just won't run. Kenny Irwin has not said a word to his crew so far, but he probably has a bit of a push. That is their suspicion, as well as Jeff Burton and Michael Waltrip. Now let's go down to Winston Kelly. Well, most of the drivers on the midsection of pit road, if they are reporting anything, it's just like the first race. They're tight, including Steve Park. Ricky Craven's car doesn't want to turn. Jerry Nadeau's car the same thing, but Nadu following some other traffic, seems to be doing better. All the conversation has been on Ricky Rudd's radio, lap times, and Michael McSwain, the crew chief, saying keep your eyes on him and don't trust anybody. Up to Jim Phillips. And let's talk to Derek Cope's crew chief. Got a word with Joey Knuckles here. 
Derek's doing a nice job out there, Joey. Well, I tell you, I'm real proud of my Finley Motorsports Ford. Uh, we tested real good, and, uh, you know, we got to get in this race. we got a lot of people looking at us to sponsor us. Uh, I'm running a little warm right now, so you see he's out there letting it breathe, but uh, I believe we can get in this thing and really run pretty good on Sunday. That's Joey Knuckles, crew chief for Derek Cope, and like you said, he's going to let it breathe for a while because it's getting a little warm. It's going to be easier for him to let it breathe. He just passed Robert Presley for the ninth spot. Now there's a little bit of open racetrack before he would catch the lead eight cars. 27 laps complete as the leader comes across the stripe. Let's set the entire field for you now as we're caution-free in the second of these Gatorade 125s. And so far, Ricky Rudd, the only leader that we've had. He started on the pole, and he has paced all 27 circuits to this point. Mike Skinner runs second, Ward Burton third, John Andretti fourth, and Jeff Burton, fifth. Joe Nemechek is sixth. Michael Waltrip, seventh. Dale Earnhardt Jr., eighth. Derek Cope is up to ninth. And Robert Presley runs tenth. Kenny Irwin is eleventh. Jerry Nadeau, twelfth. Jimmy Spencer, thirteenth. Matt Kenseth now runs fourteenth. And Rick Mast is in the final transfer spot. He runs in fifteenth position. A little ways behind him, Ed Barrier in sixteenth. Steve Park, seventeenth. Dave Marcus in eighteenth. Andy Hillenberg, nineteenth. And Dave Blaney, twentieth. Bobby Hamilton is twenty-first. Elliot Sadler, twenty-second. Stanton Barrett, 23rd. Kevin LePage, 24th. And Ricky Craven, 25th. Followed by Greg Saxon, 26th. Dan Partison, 27th. And Norm Benning in 28th spot. This mid-race update brought to you by Chase Authentics. Each week, the top drivers in the NASCAR, Craftsman, Truck, Bush, and Winston Cup Series compete on the track to provide the best entertainment in motorsports. Off the track, the competition ends, and NASCAR's leading drivers agree to supply their fans with the best apparel in racing. Chase Authentics, the authentic track side apparel of NASCAR. Now back to the race where the chase is on. Oh, the chase is on. They're still trying to catch Ricky Rudd or get around him over there. Mike Skinner hasn't been able to do anything with him. Mike gets a little high in front of Eli Golden. Turn four. He's going about a half groove higher than Ricky Rudd is, but those guys are downright low on the racetrack compared, for instance, to Jimmy Spencer and Matt Kenseth who are going way high. Of note, Dave Marcus has gotten around Steve Park setting his sights on that barrier. 29 of 50 laps complete in the second of today's Gatorade 125s. Some shuffling in the lead group with 18 laps to go. Not for the lead, but for the 6th, 7th, and 8th positions. Jeff Burton was running up there in 5th uh, position a little while ago. He has now been shuffled all the way back to 8th. Joe Nemechek got around him to take 5th. Michael Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt Jr. went with Nemechek to take 6th and 7th. And so Jeff Burton shuffled now back to the last car in that lead group, the number 8 spot. Earnhardt Jr. has been doing a good job. Been kind of watching him. He's kept his nose clean, and he's taken advantage of any kind of somebody pulling out or giving him a little boost in the draft to advance a spot or two. If there was nobody there, he just held his line and stayed right out there. He's been in pretty good shape here this afternoon. Here comes that good scramble down to the line as they work across. A moment ago, Kenny Irwin, Jimmy Spencer, and Robert Presley were all going at it. They still are as they work their way back to turn one. That is a battle from death on back being led now by Kenny Irwin. It's just behind them. We're all really mixing up as going on. Matt Kenseth diving down to the inside of the racetrack. He'll gain a spot now, clearing the car for Robert Presley, bringing along with him Jerry Nadeau now back into single file. And that moves Kenseth up into the 12th position. Jerry Nadeau moves with him in the 13th. Robert Presley losing two spots in the exchange, and he's just in front of Rick Mast at the end of the backstretch. And Rick Mast has a goodly distance of about four seconds on the next group of cars at Barrier Dave Marcus and those who have already drifted further back as we near the finish here at Daytona. 
We are 16 laps away from the checkered flag as Ricky Rudd leads the pack across the start-finish line. Now things beginning to uh, spread out just a little bit where that transfer position is concerned. Robert Presley has an advantage over the next car, the 16th place machine of some 3.2 seconds. Joe Moore, that's a lot of ground to make up. A lot of ground there because those cars uh, have not been racing single file from 16th on back. Matter of fact, they've been doing some side-by-side racing, watching a good bit of that going on as they see the front 15 cars drive away. And the side-by-side battling the 12th position now. Matt Kenseth trying to hang on to the position, but now Jerry Nadeau makes a move to the inside. Jerry Nadeau stays low. He knows Kenseth is going way high up the banking each and every time entering turn three. It happens again. Kenseth goes high, Nadeau grabs the spot. And again, the, the top nine cars stay nose to tail, just ride that single car draft to get quick lap times as much as they can and pull away from that scramble we're talking about right now as they work their way between one and two over there. Kenny Irwin, Jimmy Spencer, Jerry Nadeau, and Matt Kenseth, and Rick Mast, all very tightly bunched going to turn two. Here they come back into the corner, one car stepping out of line, that's going to be the machine of Jerry Nadeau, he dives to the inside of the track, trying to get by Jimmy Spencer, he'll complete the pass momentarily, but now Spencer pulls back even with him. Spencer trying to move back by to the outside to hang on to the 11th spot, and he will do it. Nadeau has to back out of it, climbs back up into line. Meanwhile, eighth place up for grabs. Derek Cope by himself has chased down the lead draft, challenging Jeff Burton. Tries to find a way underneath him off turn four, but has to fall back in line as he kind of ran out of running room off the corner, and they come to the start-finish line. 36 down, 14 to go, looking back at that second group headed by Kenny Irwin. The 10th through 16th, excuse me, 10th through 15th place cars still kind of mixing it up back and forth for positions there as they go into one. Kenny Irwin drives it into the corner about halfway up the banking, diving to the inside now with challenge to him as Jimmy Spencer will go after him. Spencer single-handedly goes to the low side, picks off the spot and claims that position. Further ahead, challenge and change for the sixth position on the back stretch. Dale Earnhardt Jr. moving by Michael Waltrip. Michael Waltrip now stays on the low side of the racetrack, but it's too late. The damage had been done. The leader is Rudd off turn four. And they work their way back down to the start-finish line with the laps now winding down. There'll be 13 to go for Ricky Rudd when he crosses the line and heads back off into turn number one. Right now, John Andretti had a move about to be put on him just a moment ago when he crossed the start-finish line. Joe Nemechek took a look. Let's see what happens in that one down in turn one. This is the race for the fourth position. As they battle, they see the front uh, end of the field start pulling away. Again, Andretti to the low side of the racetrack. Joe Nemechek pulling something out, trying to make the pass. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. also in that threesome headed to turn three. Up at the front of the field, Ricky Rudd now feeling a challenge for Mike Skinner. But Rudd quickly shakes free at the end of the back straightaway. The inside groove occupied by the lapped car of Norm Benning. So this time by, nobody makes a move. They all go to the high side of Benning's green and black machine. Skinner thought about staying low to challenge run if he could. He cut quite a bit lower line off of turn four than Ricky Rudd did, but still a car length in arrears to the Yates Racing Texaco Haviland for it is Skinner as they complete another lap. 12 to go now. Skinner trailing Rudd ahead of Ward Burton, John Andretti, and Joni Macek. That's the top five lap ago. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. made a move around Michael Waltrip to get six. Going to try to make a move once again as he goes to the high side of the banking. Dale Earnhardt Jr. looking at a shot at Joe Nemechek, but Nemechek goes to the high side. Here's Dale Jr. going low on the backstretch. He'll have to go three wide all the way down to the bottom of the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt Jr. from sixth to fifth to fourth in turn three. We have seen that move before. It was a guy in a black number three who'd pulled it off time and time again. Now it's a guy in a red number eight following in his daddy's tire tracks. Earnhardt Jr. on the move. 
And they mix it up a little bit in the middle of the back straightaway as Earnhardt Jr. gets himself up into fourth place as the laps wind down. There will be 11 to go. It's Ricky Rudd, Mike Skinner, Ward Burton, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Joe Nemechek, the top five. Daytona International Speedway down to the final eight laps of the second Gatorade 125 and Ed Barrier in Junie Donleavy's Hills Brothers machine has run down the 15th final transfer spot. He is in 16th one position away. That pack of cars is in turn two. Barrier takes the high side of the banking going after Robert Presley the transfer spot. Here comes Barrier pouring on the steam pulling even with Presley. Barrier keeps up the momentum on the back straight away and he shoots right by Robert Presley. So move Ed Barrier up to the 15th position now Presley back falls to the 16th. And now that means that Dave Marcus, although he's a way back, about three and a half seconds further back, would have to bypass Robert Presley to get into the Daytona 500 field. They're all four. Ed Barrier doing a good job of riding that high groove and pick himself up a couple of positions as he comes down to the line. Laps are winding down. There are seven to go as Ed Barrier now moves in on Rick Mass to try and take another spot away. Let's see if he can do it. We'll follow that one down to turn one. Barrier falls on the tire tracks of Rick Mast coming up the banking of turn number one. The cars in front of Mast also occupying the higher line. Now Mast goes low, but Barrier still looks to the high side. Now he drops down low on the racetrack. Single file in that battle off turn two. Ed Barrier's Red Ford challenging Rick Mast Chevrolet for the 14th position. This time by, no move out of Barrier. He simply follows the tire track. No change up front either. Try as they might. Skinner can't make a move on Ricky Rudd. Back to that battle in the middle of that transfer position. The low side as Jerry they do trying to challenge Kenny Irwin. Off of the corner, they'll fall back in line, single file, and cross the start-finish line. Six laps to go. Let's go up front. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s moved to fourth. Can he get third? Going after Ward Burton, who has the third position. Not close enough to strike this time. Earnhardt Jr. falls back in line. Ward Burton has designs on the second position. Mike Skinner is just ahead of Ward Burton on the back stretch, And all the while, Mike Skinner still chasing race leader Ricky Rudd. If Skinner was close enough, he would try something. That's Mike's style. He doesn't just ride. He tries. But right now, a car length, maybe a car length and a quarter, not quite close enough to try and make a pass. And Ward Burton got to be doing a little rear view mirror driving right now as he is probably looked back there and seen Earnhardt pick off a couple of cars that were running a little further back in the pack, and he's breathing down his neck now. There are five laps to go. Let's follow that front four to turn one. Single file coming back to the turn, all the while Ricky Rudd pulling away from this battling that is forming up behind him. Here again, Ward Burton takes a shot at Mike Skinner, pulls to the inside of the track. Skinner slams the door, can't do anything there. They're in single file once again. Here's Skinner going down low on the back stretch. Ward Burton's going to follow him there. Skinner again changing lanes, this time back up to the high side and getting free of Ward Burton. All the while, Skinner staying a car length and a half, maybe two car lanes down to Ricky Rudd. Then you've got Ward Burton third. The first three cars are low on the track. A group higher and fourth is Earnhardt Jr. To the start-finish line, 46 laps complete. Ricky Rudd bobs to the inside, weaves to the outside, trying to make sure that Mike Skinner does not get a run at him into the draft. Four to go, leaders head for turn number one. Ricky Rudd continues to build that lead now five car links over Mike Skinner. Let's see what Ward Burton's going to try this time. Again, he sneaks right up on the rear deck of Mike Skinner. Dale Earnhardt Jr. back in fourth sees this. He looks to the outside. No one able to make a move this time. Mike Skinner's blue and yellow Chevrolet still holding. 
rolls down the second position, and Ward Burton's brown and yellow Pontiac continues to give chase, but so far to no avail. Meanwhile, let's add to the fact that John Andretti's car came by us before. Alan had told you earlier that he was off the pace a bit. The car sounding awfully flat. Is there enough time for somebody to catch him and get back into the Daytona 500 picture? Here comes the leader back down to the line. Again, Ricky Rudd kind of tries to break up the draft a little bit on Skinner this time. Whipped it all the way down almost to the entrance to pit road, then pulled it back up on the speedway. He's opened up a gap of maybe three or four car lengths. We're looking back at the transfer spot right now. Rick Mast has it. Robert Presley would like to get up there. Unfortunately, Robert has nobody to draft with as he is all by himself, and there's about seven cars up in that pack he's trying to chase down up in turn one. Big, big gap between Robert Presley and Rick Mast. Mast has plenty of company just in front of him, but yeah, there's nobody at all for Robert Presley to work with to try to chase down these four or five cars just ahead. They exit turn two and hit the back straightaway. Rick Mast continues to hang on to the position for now. Meanwhile, everyone else going single file. John Andretti is in danger of losing another position. Here comes Kenny Irwin. Kenny Irwin going to the high side of the STP machine. Kenny Irwin is there. He'll bring others along with him as well. Jerry Nadeau's in the hunt. Spencer closing. Kenseth is there. So too Barrier and Mast. White flag next time by as we watch both the leader and the transfer spot. The pack of cars has caught John Andretti's faltering machine. Let's focus there for a minute. Kenny Irwin looking to take ninth away and about five others lined up behind him. They head for turn one. Irwin goes to the high side of the banking easily driving by John Andretti bringing along Jerry Nadeau who also goes to the outside lane. Andretti although weak still a bit on the strong side holds off Nadeau temporarily but once they hit the back straightaway Nadeau drives by. Here's Nadeau moving up into the 10th position. John Andretti scrambling to get back up in the line before any more damage is done. He's too late. Jimmy Spencer on the charge. Meanwhile, the leaders exit turn four, heading to the white flag. Down to the white flag comes Ricky Rudd heading off to turn number one for the final time as he works his way into the corner with a big healthy lead of three or four car lengths. John Andretti right now just trying to nurse it home in the top 15. Let's pick up the leader in turn two. Ricky Rudd shows the way back into turn number one, off into turn number two with a four car length lead over Skinner. Ward Burton is third. Fourth now is Dale Earnhardt Jr. A good second back to Michael Waltrip in fifth and Derek Cope in sixth. Here's race leader Ricky Rudd coming off the end of the backstretch. Switching lanes, trying to break the draft as Mike Skinner is still running second. There is some traffic ahead of the leaders. They probably will not catch those five cars. And Skinner's not close enough to make a run at Rudd as they exit the corner. Here they come off turn four, down to the waving checkered flag. It's going to be Ricky Rudd, wire to wire. In the second of today's Gatorade 125s, Rudd wins seven. Car lengths over Mike Skinner, Ward Burton, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Michael Waltrip gets fifth, Derek Cope sixth, Jeff Burton seventh, Joe Nemechek eighth. Here comes the second pack. It's going to be Kenny Irwin ninth, Jerry Nadeau tenth, Jimmy Spencer eleventh, Matt Kenseth twelfth, Ed Barrier thirteenth, Rick Mast fourteenth, and John Andretti barely hangs on to the final transfer spot. He gets fifteenth position. But Ricky Rod wins at Daytona. Let's go to pit road. Uh, we're going to get a Doug, Doug Yates, second and first. That's pretty darn a good start. Yes, great start to the year. Can't say enough about uh, Mike McSwain and Ricky Rudd, and, and uh, just looking forward to a great year. Car didn't look like it changed a whole lot. No, it, uh, it was real good, and uh, both the teams are working good together, and Todd Parrott and Dale Jarrett really helped it out, and it's really clicking along nice, and uh, what a great start. to It's been, uh, it's been since 1997, so we've been to Victor Lane, so uh, this is uh, well overdue. Doug Gates and his crew heading to victory lane. 
The Texaco Haviland Ford does make a return trip to the winner's circle. Ricky Rudd takes it there on the second of today's Gatorade 125s. We'll hear from him, some of the other top finishers, and let you know who's in and who's out in the 42nd Daytona 500. Mike Skinner finished second, Ward Burton third, Dale Earnhardt Jr. fourth, and Michael Waltrip fifth. Now the calculations begin to see who is in the Daytona 500 based on the time trial speeds and the provisionals from last year's owner points, and we hope to give you our unofficial rundown of that here in just a short while. The cars who finished in the second through fifth places in this second race, pulling up now to the 76 gas pumps and the drivers beginning to unbuckle. And let's go there now to see if we can get a word with Mike Skinner, who finished in the runner-up spot. Well, he finished second back in 1997. He finished second again today. Mike, it was a great run for you. Just looked like Ricky had entirely too much. Yeah, it was mostly handling. You know, I couldn't get any help from behind. When Ward would get close to me, his car, I, I think, would push is what it looked like. And uh, my car was really, really tight. And, uh, you know, we didn't show that tight yesterday. We knew the car was going to push late in the run. But if I couldn't get clean air on the nose, that car would not turn a bit. And Ricky was strong. I congratulate Robert Yates. They seem to be uh, wearing his Daytona place out this week. Mike Skinner comes home second for the second time in the Twin 125s. Let's check in with Marty Snyder. And Ward Burton came home a strong third, and Ward, did uh, you and Mike tried to get up there to Ricky but just couldn't get there? No, my Caterpillar team, they did a great job. Uh, really proud of everybody, really happy for all their sponsors. Uh, we'll start the uh, 500 probably six, and that's where we qualified at, so uh, that's a pretty good start. Did you uh, Were you surprised somewhat to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. come up on you so quick there towards the end of the race doing a little rear-view mirror driving? Uh, he was. Uh, he had a good car. Looked like he was handling well. Uh, it was just like with me trying to get by the 31 car. You'd have caused probably more trouble than being a little de- defensive. Ward Burton pretty happy today with a nice third place finish. Let's see if we can catch up with Ricky Rudd down in Victory Lane. And he's got a lot of high fives with Doug Gates and his crew chief Michael McSwain. And Ricky looked like a just a drive in the park. Well, it looked a little easier than uh, than maybe what it was inside the car. You know, uh, it was giving us a fit. The track was you know, pretty, seemed to be pretty greasy, and we're trying to get used to these new shock rules. And these guys didn't hit this combination until late yesterday afternoon when they hit it. I said, I think we've got it, but we we'd like to run a long run. We never got a chance in practice to run a long run. This is our, was our 500 car back, and I didn't have a backup car because I destroyed the other one uh, in that wreck in the, in the bud shootout. So we've only been going out in four car drafts, been real careful who we drafted with. And uh, man, I don't know what to say, but thank you to all this old group: Yates, Texaco, uh, Havlin, and Ray Bestis. Uh, couldn't do it without these guys. The start of, to go back to the start of the race uh, it looked like you got away clean, and, and the car stayed pretty well where you wanted to start with. Well, we got some good information, good advice uh, from from Dale Jarrett, our teammate. We watched what happened in that uh, in that race a little bit, and. We knew we needed to get off to a pretty good start, and uh, the guys went to work on it and uh, maybe stuck a little extra tape on the grill. Let's go for broke, and it was real important that they felt like I get a whole shot out of there, and uh, as it turned out, that was the key. As a driver, does it make you feel a little better when you look back and you got three or four car lengths on the last lap? Well, I, we were coming up on traffic, and uh, I, I tell you what scared me. I knew Skinner was laying back. looked like he was running a little bit hot maybe. And uh, he would lay back and get a run at me. And I thought they were just playing with the timing on how to catch me at the right time. And then the uh, last couple laps, I just started making an S out of the thing down the backstretch. I never ran, you know, never kept the wheel straight. So I think it threw his timing off a little bit if that's what they were trying to do. Heck, I don't know. I'm new to this game. I never won here before, but uh, it's great. Size up your chances for the 500 now. Well, 500's a long race, you know. you got to have a fast race car. We've got that. Circumstances, brakes, you know, teamwork, pit stops, you know, they play all a factor. And uh, it's a great race team, and uh, I wouldn't rule out a 500 win. Heck, I never would have thought I would have won one of these things. 
First win here at Daytona for Ricky Rudd. He didn't win last year, but it didn't take him long this year with his new team. He wins the Gatorade 125 qualifier. Good race for Ricky here this afternoon. Let's catch up with a couple more of the top five finishers. Earnhardt Jr. had a great run to finish fourth. Let's see if we can get a word from him. He made up about as many spaces as anybody. Started back in the 11th position in fourth. First time here at Daytona in Winston Cup car. Tell us about it. It's pretty exciting. Uh, We started out there and couldn't get a whole lot of help on the bottom. And so finally we got in the top line and uh, uh, stayed up there to try to save the tires. Uh, learned from my dad and the way his car handled in the, in the first 125, and he helped us out with some, uh, with some uh, thoughts about which line to run. So I just tried to keep the fender out on, in the draft in the turn so it would keep the tire on the, uh, the, car on, uh, the tire on the car and uh, not push the tire off. And that's what happened. I mean, we just kind of stayed right front to where we could stay wide open. When you got up to Ward Burton, did the car have a little bit more and you decided just to settle in and take what you could get, or did you have a little bit more for them? I did, well, I thought to myself, I had, my car was, a, was good enough to race some, some of them guys up there. With Ricky towing us like he was, it was kind of hard to get runs on Skinner or Ward or anything like that, but our car was definitely a little bit better than theirs, I thought. Uh, but I just didn't want to abuse the tires, uh, make a mistake. I felt like we had... Uh, we had been handing something special just to finish in the top five, so I was pretty happy with that. Well, and as Eli said earlier, following in his father's footsteps, Dale Earnhardt Jr. rolls home fourth in a Budweiser Chevy. Good run for him today here also. Maybe we can get a word with Michael Waltrip also before we leave there. Michael had a good run here this afternoon. Uh, unofficially again, it is Ricky Rudd, Mike Skinner, Ward Burton, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Michael Waltrip making up your top five. Earnhardt Jr. did a good job uh, in his rookie debut here this afternoon at Daytona. Look for him to have a good run in the Daytona 500. Some guys that uh, really never made a run at getting up in the top 15 just had problems from the get-go, and we'll talk about that before we go off the air. Ricky Craven, who finished in 24th position, and it also looked like Bobby Hamilton lost the draft in the early going. Bobby just never could pack up, pick up a pack of traffic that would help him get back up there. And Elliot Sadler also had a few problems there, finishing a little further back. We'll give you the whole rundown here in just a moment. Right now, let's go back down into the garage real quick. Well, Michael Waltrip came home fifth today and, uh, and a good run. You told me before the race you expect, expected to contend for the win, but that wasn't the case. Your car a little too tight? Um, it was just a little too tight, but the main thing that was wrong with it, it, it just... Uh, which it isn't the engine's fault. When I say it wasn't fast enough, you, you know, you immediately think of the engine, but there's 10,000 things that make it not fast enough. One thing was uh, we, we had a little more right rear spring to make it turn. It needed to turn, and we accomplished that, but maybe we gave up a little bit on the straightaway. So we did all we could do to put the best car on the track we thought we had today, and it was plenty good handling-wise. It just wouldn't go down the straightaway good enough, and that probably has to do with some of the adjustments we made to it. So... No, that's part of it, though. We were, we were better than most, so we'll just uh, work on it some more and hopefully have a car that uh, we can contend in the 500 with. As Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr.'s car rolled by, you were looking at every inch of that thing. Did he impress you today? It seemed like you guys worked together pretty well. He just he made me mad. <laughs> Why? Because he was so fast. I mean, he would fall back off me 15 car lengths in the turn and be on my bumper in the straightaway. It'd take me two laps with my tongue hung out to pull that far up. He did it in one straightaway, so... If he doesn't make something of this deal before it's over, I'll be surprised because he's a smart driver, a great driver, and, man, his car makes me envious. Michael Waltrip comes home fifth, but uh, mostly impressed with Dale Earnhardt Jr. who came home fourth today. I'd say everybody had to be a little bit impressed with Dale Earnhardt Jr. here in this Gatorade race. Well, 
Thanks to Reese Bangler for the scoring and stat help on our coverage of these qualifying races today. Our production assistant was Paul Horvath. Joe Moore, Kurt Becker, and Eli Gold cover the action in the turns. Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Marty Snyder were in the pit and garage areas. So we're done from Daytona for today. Don't forget tomorrow's Craftsman Truck Series race at 1045 in the morning Eastern time for Barney Hall, Alan Bestwood. Saying so long from Daytona Beach, congratulating Bill Elliott and Ricky Rudd, winners of today's Gatorade 125. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.